Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as he's finished stripping his Exodus rifle. This is episode 16, and tonight we will be focusing on conversions. We have our good friend of the Maelstrom, Samurai Mike, joining us to talk about his awesome conversions. This would be sort of a conversions 101 if you're already an expert kit basher and a master green stuffer. You might not learn everything, but, you know, tune in. Some good stuff, and uh, Mike's converting skills are awesome, so it's going to be great. Uh, we start off with some hobby progress and games played before moving into the conversions. We have a rules lawyering segment, which uh, goes a little off the rails as uh, we almost had an answer and had a revelation. Finally, uh, we close out with Beyond the Rim, talking about some uh, board games as well as uh, some Star Wars love. So, uh, be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrong side of the maelstrom. We're also on iToysoldiers at itoysoldiers.com slash wrong dash side dash maelstrom. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrong side of the maelstrom at gmail.com. Finally, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud, and be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, Brimstone Games in Windsor has a great club known as the Greater Windsor Table Warriors, so check that out and join them over on itoysoldiers.com. Jason, my home store, is Games Workshop at Young and Lawrence, so uh, come by and check it out. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom. special guest for hobby progress Very and games played. Guest of the friend of the maelstrom. Welcome Mike. Samurai Mike. <laughs> yeah. In the studio. Which is also Jason's apartment. Yeah. In the maelstrom studio. Yeah. Right on man. Okay. Well uh, let's get right into it today I think. Let's start talking hobby progress. Now it hasn't been too long since you and me last recorded. Just a few days. It's been like 48 hours. <laughs> Something like How that. How many units have you got done? Today? Yeah, I made that hobby progress of like finishing the Eversaur Assassin and then starting on the Vindicare. It didn't happen. I know, I know. I, I, like Every day I came home from work and I was like, oh, I think I'm going to start on that. And I just sit on my ass and don't do it. Um, but I did, I guess I'm going to count this as hobby progress. I bought... Um, some white spray paint and <laughs> low bar. So legit. Yeah. So legit. Yeah. Low bar I bought this some week. white spray paint and the um, the cracked earth stuff, the basing, the oh, yeah, yeah. the Citadel cracked earth. That stuff's pretty cool. I forget what the actual name is. It was like a ghrelin earth or something. Yeah, like that's that. it. Um, because like I was spray painting my Skaven, some of them black mm-hmm. and then some of them gray, but I'm doing like the white robes on them, right? And I figured like I'm going to speed this whole process up. If I just prime them white. Yeah. Then I don't have to, like, after I do a gray, I don't have to do a white, like, base coat afterwards. Like, the prime is the base coat, more or less. And then maybe I'll give them a wash and then dry, br- dry brush them back up. I w- yeah. What I would suggest for something like that is get a gray primer. See, I, I was doing yeah. a gray primer before, yeah. We'll see. Why wouldn't you just do a gray wash and then highlight white? Is that... 
Wouldn't that be easier? Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to try the, the white primer, see how it works, yeah. and then uh, maybe we'll post some photos of them both, see what yeah. everyone thinks. Uh, how about yourself, Ian? Uh, well, I met my hobby goals, Jason, <laughs> and exceeded them, because I finished my unit of blood letters, and I started base coating the blood crushers. So And it's all looking really, really good, man. Yeah. Your fantasy stuff, I know we're supposed to be talking 40k right now, but... When you're around demons around. are in 40k, what are you there talking you go. about? Oh, shit, son. <laughs> um, yeah, man. No, all your stuff is looking really, really good. Yeah. And you're actually, like, with the amount of hobby progress that you're doing, it's, I think you're, like, first place at the store for the Age of Syncrop. Yeah, I'm campaign. carrying chaos. Man. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> Mike's carrying destruction. I'm yeah. carrying chaos. Yeah, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. Um, so just quickly, uh, I talked about blood letters last time, but the blood crushers, I'm doing a... Uh, uh, Silver is a main thing, so they're all silver because they're metal beasts, mm -hmm. right? And then highlighting some bronze on them, and then just putting like the black blood uh, blood letter on top. Yeah, things will look good. They have the um, like the grills underneath them as well, yeah. like the vents, kind yeah. of right. I've seen some like glowing effects that people have done. Yeah, I know you're trying to get this army like done and painted. Yeah, yeah. It might be something you might want to eventually go back to because I think that 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 glow underneath mm -hmm. even under, you don't have to do the full glow effect if you don't feel like putting that much detail into it yeah but adding some type of color in those like grills i think it would like because right now it's so silver yeah. and i love it it looks great it looks well, so i'm amazing. gonna wash that and i'll bring it down yeah it's yeah. a little too bright right now but i think just adding kind of like this glowing yeah demonish I'll check engine color underneath there i think it would add just that well, little bit I, extra to the model how would i do that just like red in the vents and then like dry brush a lighter red on top is like OSL or uh, I've seen a lot of people doing like an orange with like a yellow it's as like well it's like a glaze right almost like you, you do, do a glaze around it okay. now that like, depends I on know, how, how yeah, detailed how, you want to get into it I know it, right? like in the the it's Necron so Codex easy. when they tell you how to paint it or if you look at any of your metal videos um because they're doing the green eyes and they did all the eyes it's a glowing green and they just put a bit of a wash so normally what it's I already do, metallic right so you yeah. just put a little bit of the wash and it gives a glow so what i do with my gray knights because okay. they have like the uh the blue eyes okay right um or the red eyes no they have blue eyes my black templar with the red eyes but i do the same thing is i'll take a um i'll take my color like a red whatever yeah, color yeah. i'm doing the eyes with and I just water it down. I make my own glaze out of it, basically. Oh, okay. So it's a very, very watered-down color, and it's, it takes multiple layers. So you do one layer, really let it dry, come back, do another layer, and you really slowly build up that, like, faint color around the eye. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing around the... Around like the grill of the gut, right there. So I want to like paint the vents. inside the vent um, red, and then do it... And then around... How many slow blood pressures around. are you doing? Just three. Just three? For now, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. As you can say, if you're doing multi like more than three, you could start one, work to the next one, work to the next one, and then go back to the In first your one. Glaze you actually might even there. be able to. I'm not sure yeah. how long it takes for the glaze to, yeah, to dry. Yeah. And oh, just okay. assembly line it. Sometimes assembly lining is just, I can just infinitely throw, faster. Oh, I always... I Even characters, I'll just paint two characters at once and assembly line them. Yeah. Because um, mm -hmm. I'm too impatient to wait for something to dry. There's so. also a lot of really good tutorials yeah. online for painting that, like... Um, like smoky OSL original source yeah, lighting. Yeah, yeah. If anyone doesn't know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some really, good, especially with chaos vents. That's the only reason why I mentioned that is because I watched a video on it. I was like, just to learn how to do that, that OSL or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
around eyes and stuff. It's the same concept, yeah, right? Yeah. But they have, they specifically have some like demon engine stuff. Well, yeah, from, I'm like the um, what are they called? Forge fiends. And yeah, stuff that, like that. that's the one that yeah. I saw. Or the Mauler fiends. fiends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing a very limited palette on them, so adding a bit of color would probably bring that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you should do that, man. Yeah. I'm gonna do the eyes too. I'm quite done that yet i'm not sure if i'm are you going to do the because you're going for the full like metallic look on the outside well, are I mean, you going to do the letters as oh, well the blood letters as well oh, just like i haven't done models, the eyes yeah. i'm not sure i was thinking red but yeah i think yeah. so i'll probably leave it for later red yeah. is the color of corn exactly <laughs> um that's pretty much it though right I'm oh sorry. you also bought your scouts too oh yeah uh bought some scouts bought some i have most of the pieces I need to convert uh, Warplock Jezails for Skaven. Mm -hmm. Or the, some of them are in the mail, but... Yeah, and I bought... What else? Oh, I bought some books for another game. But right yeah, not 40k. <laughs> not 40k. So okay. I just ordered some stuff. What? Oh, right, not 40k. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Mike. Samurai Mike. Well, I got... I was working on my Necrons. Then I got fed up with that. <laughs> Which I'm almost done. Like, I, I okay. can't. Before you continue, I want to say, man, you, the amount of models that you're able to just, like, pump out, you'll be like, yeah, man, I bought a bunch of Necron stuff. And you show up next week, and it's all, like, 100% done. And I'm like, I hate you so much. <laughs> it takes me, like, a month to finish a squad of guys. It involves a lot of crying inside and painting yourself. <laughs> a lot of self-molding. I actually don't mind painting as much as I mind cleaning spruce. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm done cleaning spruce. I get to build it. Oh, that's great. Now I gotta paint it. Okay. Now I procrastinate a week before I prime it. Yeah. Then I prime it and I get it done the same thing. And once you start painting it, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, I no, I have almost the entire Necron lineup minus the special characters. Yeah. So. Like the whole range, you mean? I can run a full Decurion. Nice. And almost max out squads. I have 30 Tomb Blades. I have four ghost arts. <laughs> I have an annihilation nexus which I have to finish building. I have no, what's obelisk. An what's an annihilation nexus? Annihilation nexus is uh, annihilation barge, the underslung okay. one. Yeah. And uh, two annihilation barges. Oh. Okay, yeah, it, it's yeah. a, it's kind of crappy. Like their special thing is they can give the quantum shielding back to the like big gun, but who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it sucks. Kind of. Armor thirteen is pretty good. Yeah, but it can't move because then it sucks. Yeah, it loses okay. its like massive strength, ten AP two blast, yeah, <laughs> large blast for like yeah, those some, things are dirty. Yeah, and um, what else do I have? I have four uh, doom size slash night size, uh, twenty flayed ones. You got a very large Necron. Armor. I have, I have, <laughs> I have the Necron Decurion. From the book, if you go through it and you read it, I have every formation. Oh my god. But the main thing is that I can you... field all at the same time. So it's not like I can field this or field this. No, I can, I can field everything. You can field everything, yeah. yeah. It, uh, it's, it's pretty dumb. It became an obsession. I'm done. People tell me to get the Forge World ones. They tell them to go to hell. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with the Necrons. It's time to move yeah. on. Okay, well, how about we And they're not even painted your... metal, so it just makes it like... What, what's the last <laughs> Necron model? I mean, me and Jay know. But what was the last Necron model you were working on before you switched gears? My obelisk. I got three quarters of the inking done. <laughs> or, no, not even half. Two quarters of it. And then I just said, you know what? I'm going to go start tearing it. Yeah, man. And why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> you switched to, switch to a massive horde army. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, what, what scheme are you doing in your nids? Brown. 
Really brown. Like dark brown? Or um, like shit. Like brown, shades. they got like yellow sides and talons, kind of. Okay. So, what I wanted to do is, because I see everyone doing their nids and they do the carapace one color and the body another. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I did that before when I first started back in third edition. And I'm like, I want to do like all brown kind of thing. Like, you look at some bugs and they don't have like, not like some segments are different colors. Yeah, right, right. So, um, I'm doing them like a brown with a lot of washes and dry brushing. And then I go over all the carapaces of feathering because that's yeah. how it looks. Just yeah. so the carapace looks a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. And then I yeah, start. Yeah, you're going all the same color, you really need some type of separation. Yeah. Even though they're the same color. Yes. Yeah. So then I go over all the details. So the talons and all the like feet and everything yeah. like that, I start with like a desert yellow from Army Painter. And then I go up to like a sun, a sun yellow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. it's not, not, not too, too yellow, but just enough so it looks. Yellow, it's not banana yellow. Yeah, yeah. But, and yeah. I, I like it, and then I do the eyes orange. And actually, I do do a little bit of a OSL with brush, not with my airbrush. That's kind normally of do. a little bit of glow yeah. in it's the It's very, eyes, very yeah. little. And I've, I've done 20 gaunts so far. I have to do another, like, 60. <laughs> all Homer <laughs> gaunts. All Homer gaunts because 4th edition is cooler. So I'm sticking with that. And <laughs> uh, who knows, if they end up... Bring out another edition. Who knows? Maybe combat's going to change. And I hope so. Or Magants are going to be amazing again. <laughs> yeah. A man can dream. Yeah. man can dream. Man. Or I could just tell people, yeah, I've got my NID codex. I'm like, that, that's like uh, three editions yeah, what old. Edition is that? And they'll tell them, no, I don't know what you're talking about. It's Pokemon yeah. was out then. Pokemon is out now. I mean, everyone's... <laughs> NES, like, what are you, what are you, what are you dumb? Like, yeah. Crystal Pepsi's is on the dumb. shelf. What year is it? Nineteen ninety-five. I mean, <laughs> right on. But I've also lately, you've been working on some AI yeah. stuff mainly. Yeah, I, I got into orcs. Big mistake. Best mistake ever. <laughs> just, it's so good. Is we, should we just like cut to beyond the rim right now? No, we'll, we'll hold on. We'll hold on. We'll hold on. Okay, I, we'll we can talk later. about that for hours right now. I'm, I'm enjoying that more than 40k. So, okay. But aside from that, I got my nids. So I for that I got three Carnifexes. I bought an endless swarm box. I built everything but the gargoyles because I don't think I'm gonna use them. Uh, I built my flyrant. I built some warriors just because I had them sitting there and I was bored. And I probably could have been working on stuff. And I got my six zone throws. So the whole army is just Hormagons, zone throws, Carnifexes, and Tyrants. It's a very fun army to play against. It, it's, yeah. it, well, all, it's of, all of your armies are fun to play against, but this is just another yeah, I, great one. I don't care too much no. about winning, and yet I say that, and I have 30 Tomb Blades and a Necron Decurion. So. <laughs> well, <you> know, <laughs> I guess I should be quiet. I have. Uh, you you got to have that one army that can stand up. Yeah, right? you can't like, just run like all fluff armies, right? Like, I have my Grey Knights, yeah. building my Inquisition, but like... I still have my Tau, and like when I needed a good competitive my, game, that's my fallback. My yeah. problem is I picked Necrons, and then I realized they were kind of really like mean, okay, and yeah. people just like, oh, you're playing Necrons. It's a frustrating army to play against. <laughs> yeah, see, my problem is my uh, go-to com- competitive list is Dark Eldar. So. <laughs> I got Dark Eldar army, too. <laughs> um, okay, so for Hobby Goals, we kind of talked about a little before the show, we're all involved in this little campaign that a couple of us are running where it's an escalation campaign starts in two weeks when we're recording and we need to have 600 points completely built painted and based start to finish mm-hmm. yeah so 
let's go around and talk about like what we have left to do for that. How about Jake? Do you want to talk about what you? We have? know you're done. Okay. He's well, not done. I'm not done. I should be done, but I'm a horrible procrastinator. So tell us about your list. I've talked about my list before. I'm running the Execution Force and an Inquisitor to start for 600 points. I've finished the Calidus, and I've almost finished the Evasaur, and then I've put a lot of base coats on the rest of the models. I haven't even started painting the Inquisitor, but I don't think it's going to take too long to paint. So I really have three and a half models left I have to paint, <laughs> which which sounds like I should be able to do that relatively quickly. But it's it sounds me like speaking. you should be able to get it done between segments you, tonight. Yeah, right? I know, right? It, it sounds like someone's distracted us overwatch. I know, right? Well, yeah, we talked about that last episode too. Um, that's dying down a little bit and getting a little frustrated. But I have promised myself that this coming week, um, we're recording on a Friday right now. So come Monday. I am, like, come home from work, right to the painting table, and I'm going to, like, bust out those three and a half models. They are individual, like, character models, so I do like to spend more time oh, absolutely. on each one yeah. of those, and I really want to make them all look really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but I am going to, like, crack down. I want them all done completely, because that's... I can't just say I'm going to finish three and a half models by yeah. the next episode. So I also want to get my Plague Monks completely done as well. Yeah, Season of Wars kicked off for yeah. Age of Sigmar, so that's... And, like, I have my army built. Um, I still have 20 Plague Monks that I have to build, but I don't think I have that in my, like, force yet. Like, I haven't, like, yeah. accounted for that. I made my, like, 1,000 points or however much, my 1,500, based off of what I had before I got those. So, I'm not going to worry about building them just yet. I want to finish my Plague Monks completely. Yeah. I mean, the only way Order won't win is if we all get down and paint everything. Yeah, we have to, we're not going to beat them in games either. <laughs> so what you guys got to do is you all got to switch to destruction. That's not happening. No. And <laughs> next. Uh, <laughs> Mike, hobby goals. Hobby goals. What's in your 600 points that you need? Oh, my 600 points for Nitz. Well, it might become less of a horrible, like, punch in the dick. And uh, I might put gene stealers in there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. What are you going to take out to put the gene stealers in? Hormagons. So you can take out a unit or Hormagons? Yeah, Hormagons or um, Zone Thrope. Yeah, because you have, two, you have two Zone Thropes to start. Well, the thing is, I realize I can take one Zone Thrope, and Zone Thrope's only there for the Gaunts. Yeah. And popping a tank, because everything in my army's poison. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the yeah. Gene Stealers also, they work independently. They're kind of uh, just a distraction unit. Like, ooh, I'm a Gene Stealer. Everyone's, like, laughing at them. Cause they're it's they're seven easy to kill, but you got to kill them. Yeah. Because yeah. they're rent Like, they are... Dangerous. They just go down. Yeah, I want. I want to. You know, how many attacks do they have? Two. Base. They have two attacks yeah, base. Exactly. But they have two close so. combat weapons, and when they no, they, they don't. Have, no, you they have. A, they have a pair of rending claws. You can give them a pair of sizing talons, which then gives them plus one. But a pair of no, it's and no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's each pair counts as one weapon. Really? Yes. So you buy because they've a nid has four arms and two legs, yeah, so yeah. you need to give it like two sets of close combat weapons to get the bonus. Yeah. Oh, so. Okay. Needs to be like. It almost seems like it's worth to do though if it's not too many points. I don't know what the points are. Well, here's the thing I look at in third edition when I started. Gene Stills are 16 points. Yeah. They kicked everyone's ass. They're now cheaper and I believe they have a better armor save than they used to be and they haven't changed any other way. With the exclusion of everyone else is stronger. But they're still not bad. 
You mm -hmm. throw them into like a character, and you gotta think twice because you're going first, and you're hitting a character on threes. Yeah. And he's like a special character. I'm hitting on threes with troops it, against your your warlord. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like on on paper, Gene Steelers look really good, but just I think kind of how shooting is and assault is in this game, like it just right now mm -hmm. they just can't stand up. Yeah. Well, their problem is is nids suck. What what's your <laughs> armor say? Five up or four up? I think it okay. It used to be able to be upgraded to four up in uh, fourth in, edition, yeah. but not anymore. So now it's, it's just like five, uh, yeah, five or six. I think it might be problem. six. That's the problem. Well, it's the same reason why you don't run Hormagons generally, right? It's just like assault well, armies, you especially don't, assault armies with bad saves. Don't do well. Don't do well. You don't run Hormagons because you can get terrible gods that just like, keep on popping out of Devours, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mommy just keeps on giving birth. And yeah, they yeah. Just... All right, well. Ian? Uh, okay, so with the new errata for Blood Angels, scouts are better now, well, are normal now, not shit. Yeah. So I just bought, uh, me and Mike split the... Lost Patrol. Lost Patrol. Yeah. That, that's why I'm getting Gene Stillers. Yeah. Because um, I got him. <laughs> yeah, so I got five there, I ordered another five, so that's, and I've got a bunch of sniper ones, so my two troops are going to be... Uh, Five with sniper rifles and a flak missile launcher, or four with sniper rifles and a fifth with the missile launcher. Yep. And then eventually, as it escalates, it's going to be a full squad of ten with a vet sarge with power weapon. Ooh, cool. So ten sniper rifles, yeah. No, or, no, 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 ten. Sorry, ten. Get uh, there's there's a five man scout squad. Yeah, that's yeah. not changing. Yeah. And then there's going to oh, be another a five second, man, and then you're going to upgrade it. Uh, yeah, I think in like six hundred point, unless it's seven guys with yeah. close combat weapons, and then it'll be up to ten later right. on. So I gotta paint inside at least twelve scouts mm -hmm. and then base everything. So the fun would, thing about painting scouts is Marines, if they got pants. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they, no, the colors are <laughs> a little different. <laughs> the color scheme I have is really although I'm thinking of buying a Tempesta Scion heads mm -hmm. to put on them, but then I gotta order those and it's only two weeks away, so do you have time to do it yeah. or whatnot? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money for... I was really surprised with, like, the colored spruce that it came on. Yeah, I'd seen that online. Yeah, the red... The scouts are red yeah. in uh, Lost Patrol. Jeez, so is a dark purple, so... Oh, nice. I guess that's just for, like, the board game purposes. They don't yeah. assume that people are going to paint them. It's yeah. just something yeah. to get up Get some store. glue and put them together. Yeah. I'm actually surprised they're not snapped together, but I'm happy they're not. Oh, I wouldn't have They're better quality, it. yeah. No. Oh, if they were snapped together, why would you even yeah. buy them? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. Games played. It hasn't been too long since we last recorded. I actually, like, purposely got a game in today, just so we would have something to talk about. What? Well, you sound like you had a really fun game. I know, right? <laughs> no, like, we did it. We had a great time. Um, so I played, uh, a game tonight, actually, against Sergio at Young and Lawrence. Um, I'd never played Sergio before, but he's always around the store, talk every once in a while, and I was playing my Grey Knights with my assassin, the same 1500 force, the exact same one that actually Ian and I played a game a few, a few weeks, weeks ago. ago yeah. Um, we mentioned it briefly. Uh, but same thing, I got to use the grenade again. Oh, but fuck. But, but this time I rolled a six, which is uh, each model in the unit takes an initiative test, and if they fail it, they attack their own unit. But I, but I charge grab bikes to lock them up. Yeah. And first round of combat, you have to roll it, and they pass all their initiative tests, but I was like... They're grab bikes, man. They have one attack each. They're not yeah. doing shit to me. Um, it was just to lock them up so they couldn't 
shoot me in you the You didn't board. have, like, a vet sergeant with power fist or anything in there? No, I had my librarian with... No, a, I mean the grav bikes. Oh, no, 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 he didn't have anything. Probably a combi grav? I think so, something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, he, he wasn't playing WYSIWYG. He had a little bit of proxy. Yeah, yeah. I think they were actually scout bikers. And that's why I looked at him, I was like, are those scout bikers or are they regular bikers? Like, what's their save? And he's like, oh, those are regular bikers. Yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. Um, but he was playing uh, Raptors. That's yeah, it was Badab called. Chapter, right? Are yeah. they Badab? Yeah, they're like I a Raven Guard so. successor or something like that. Yeah, they have Forge World chapters. So they don't they don't have like a lot of jetpacks, so they don't have that like reroll the assault charge or anything like that. But they all get to um, scout move. Yeah, yeah, they're the guys who, if I'm correct, they can stay stationary and fire their bolters as heavy one rending. Yeah, which oh. I don't think he ever got to do. Yeah, they're the uh, sniper very, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then his warlord was like the special character, uh, like Liza something. Yeah, he gets like he tries to assassinate someone at the beginning of the so or something. He like forgot that. to actually do it, and then he didn't remember oh. until like the second turn, I think. And then it's kind of hard because like especially you're supposed to do it after, after infiltration, but before scout moves, and it's like uh, within line of sight, he instantly causes d6 plus six, I believe against, like, monstrous creatures or, like, infantry units. He causes D6 plus 6 wounds with no AP. So you get wow. to take your armor save. But that, like, you throw that at a monstrous creature, you're going to be knocking at least a few wounds off, especially if you roll 12. Like, well, on average, with 9 or 10 wounds. Yeah, and so that's, assuming you're, that's assuming you're... That's something with a good save. You it's free damage. with a bad save, you can wipe out... Is that just auto-wounding? Yep. Oh, like, I've seen people use it against, like, uh, you'll use it against Devastators or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, you and take then, out, like, a, a LAS cannon yeah. or a missile launcher. And, then, okay, it, and then if you target a vehicle, it does um, haywire either or three right? or D3 haywire hits. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a feeling it's three haywire hits. So you, have, really you have the potential to just yeah. completely wipe out a vehicle. Yeah. Um, but it needs to be within line of sight. So, like, we were being, I was being forgiven because he was using a Forge World list he had never used before. I'm still kind of getting used to the Assassin. So there were some rules that we were kind of giving and taking here and there. Yeah, right. Um, but that one was, like, two turns in, and units had been moving around, and I'm like, sorry, like, line of sight at that point. You can't really go back and figure out where it was. And yeah, he took yeah. out my um, Dread Knight first turn mm-hmm. with, like, a Centurion squad and then uh, Razorback. Um, and he's like, well, that's what I probably would have shot at anyway, so yeah. it was gone. But we just played um, Kill Points. Oh, okay. And yeah. I think it at the end it came down. He had a Titan. And my army has a lot of problems dealing with, like, high AP. Especially a Titan that has, like, an invul save. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, I had that Vindicare rocking that strength 10 AP one shot. But that 4 plus invul save was just like, okay, well, I'm pending you every single time. And you're just stopping it, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you got go. a, 15, a 50% chance of getting through, then a 50% yeah, I mean, chance of him stopping it. If I got a hammer in there with hammer hand, okay, I'm also doing pretty well against it. But then he can stomp But he's stomping me afterwards, yeah. right? So I was like, ah, okay, this arm, maybe I figured out what my army needs. You, you kind of got to bait it with Melta Gun so he puts up the shield on the wrong side. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, I yeah. mean, I don't know how much Melta is in Grey Knights, but hypothetically. Um, can you put a multi-Melta on the Dread Knight? No, no, you can't, no. All, you the, all the weapons on. for the Dread Knight are strength 7, I think, is the highest you can get. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Heavy, uh... Give it a hammer. Heavy side cannon, I think, is strength 7. Maybe strength 8. Yeah, there's not a lot of anti <laughs> Just give it a hammer. In the... Well, all the anti-tank in Grey Knights is all, like, close combat stuff. Yeah. It's right. all, like, hammers with your hammer hand giving you strength 10, right? Yeah. Which is yeah. fucking amazing. Um, but I think the game ended off, yeah, with his, uh, knight, and then he had, like, three attack marines left, and I had all of my Grey Knights, except for my librarian, taken out. 
So it was my librarian, inquisitor, and the four assassins on the table. So we like, didn't kill a single assassin. We didn't kill a single assassin. Wow. Because no. um, those aren't hard to kill. Like they're statistically, they're pretty easy. Yeah, he was just focused on like other things, and that's yeah. why so much of my gray knights went like, down. Uh, yeah. Right? Um, and I think the game finished. I won eight to five. Yeah. Well, well it was a lot of fun. 1,500 points, right? 1,500 points, yeah. So even with just those, whatever, six or eight models left on the table, that's over half your army in points. In points-wise, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, it was fun, though. We'll get another one in for sure. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Mike, you've been playing some games. Um, 40K. 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 Actually, I, ha- I do have a few. Um, I played Diego, who's really, really good. Top tier. Yeah, I like... National champion. Like, I knew what I was getting into. I knew we were playing Whenever you play Diego, you know it. Yeah, I, There's a very good chance you're not going like, to win, but you're definitely going to learn something. We, we actually yeah. kind of set up the game beforehand. Like, talking, mm-hmm. like, oh, we'll play a game. And, like, mm-hmm. I'll bring... I, I know who Diego is. And I'm like, I'll bring a competitive list. And he said he was going to a tournament. So, like, he wanted some practice. So, okay, I'll yeah, bring yeah. competitive Necrons. Because, well, Necrons are... They're jerks. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, well, it's good practice because you'll probably see it to cure. Yeah. Right, um, so. He's actually giving me first turn even if he won it just because he, he wanted needed, the practice. He yeah. wanted the practice, which he beat me promptly in both of them. <laughs> um, but, like, I took a Destroyer Cult and a Canoptic Harvest. Mm-hmm. And then uh, three squads of Tomb Blades. Not my usual, like, capped out, but, like, just, I mm-hmm. think three each. It was a weird point number. It was, um, Sixteen fifty. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen that before, though. Mm-hmm. There were a few tournaments that were running sixteen fifty for a while. But he, he's, he was playing Eldar, so it was pretty much oh. million scatter bikes because they cost nothing and they do work. Um, he had, I think, it was a Forge World, um, uh, kind of like a grab, like a tank. Graph tank, but it had the like a D cannon on it. Yeah, I know yeah. Which one you're talking about. And he had that, that and dirty. the Wraith Knight was uh, Sword and Shield. Yeah, the best Wraith Knight. And <laughs> um, not the Sriracha Wraith Knight. No, he wasn't using the Sriracha one. Okay. Um, but like, my problem is I get caught up in trying to kill a Wraith Knight, and don't we all? <laughs> well, you know that's my problem with fighting Eldar. It's it's so unenjoyable to face them if they got a Wraith Knight because it's like. My options are, I have something that kills your race knight, like Grav, or I just ignore this thing while it runs amok, and that's not yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's really not fun. Um, the scatter bikes are just, they're scatter bikes. He was doing a lot of reserve, mm-hmm. which was smart. Like, I really liked it. Um, and, like, I was trying to beat him on, like, objectives, but it, it came down to just... I was getting tabled, and I'm like, okay, well, yeah, it, it, this is done. Eldar, competitively at least, I know, like, if you're running a close combat Eldar army, it's different, but, like, the typical Eldar army is has one or two, like, hard counters, and then otherwise it's just not fun to play against. And yeah. we were talking about this today. Not a lot of people seem to be playing Eldar, Young and Lawrence, unless it's, like, a competitive tournament match. practice or, like, a super competitive match. Yeah. I think that's kind of like this scene in Toronto. If someone's playing Eldar and like, it's like, okay, I'm not going to play you. Like, I'll find someone else because there's so many people around at the store or in town. So Yeah, I mean, like, Diego's a phenomenal Eldar player. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Um, very, very tactical. And he knows the tournament scene yeah. 
Just like the back of his but hand. That's what I mean. Like, you know, if you're playing, if one of us is playing Diego, for example, we know we're going to lose and we're just giving him practice. We go in the game knowing that. Yeah, I mean, I played a game, I think, I'm not sure if we talked about it, uh, maybe about a month and a half ago against them. And even Voidchill Generator, same type of thing, bikes coming in and out. And I think we were playing the Relic and uh, doing pretty well, but he just peppered me down. Right. Yeah. He just he knows how to play every single army. Yeah. Um, uh, did he reserve against you yeah. as well? Yeah. Uh, so we have the the it's the auto that yeah. lets you. Yeah, I think the idea yeah. is so you can really you, decide if you want to bring your units in or not. I think the thing is he gives you no targets, and then when the guys do come in, he has you where he wants you, <laughs> and you've been whittled down enough by D weapons. I have you now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jim, like, Admiral Akbar just starts screaming it's a trap, and then next thing you know, you have, like, a million guys who should have a 4-plus armor save, not a 3-plus on bikes with six <laughs> shots and go to hell. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Right on, man. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, anything else you want to add? I... No, I haven't played any 40k games the last three days. I know, you're so hooked on... On Age of Sigmar. I've been working. Like, I <laughs> the only time I had a chance to play was tonight. And yeah. Me and Mike played Age, so. Right on. We'll talk about that later. Though. All I can say to people who have never played Sigmar is, play Sigmar. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the, the horror stories of just cheesy stuff, points are coming. You can kill the Wraith Knight with, with Bolkins. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Tonight, our main topic, conversions. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, conversions <laughs> today. How to turn your basement into a sex dungeon. No, we're talking about no, Warhammer that, That's what my supervisor wrote books on. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Warhammer conversions, modeling conversions. Um, we're going to try and cover a little bit of everything on it. We do have Samurai Mike still with us here, who, I don't know, I consider like one of the best conversionists. So we... I like it. Yeah, I like it. Um, definitely modelers that uh, that I know. And we'll, we're going to be posting some stuff up on Facebook of like all the stuff that he does because it's just beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. But why don't we start this off pretty simple. Ian, what is a conversion? Uh, a conversion is, simply put, taking a model and building it differently from the way you're instructed to in the kit. So... It can be something really complex where you're modeling new stuff with green stuff, bringing in pieces from like different lines and companies, or it could be a really simple conversion like a head swap. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I took a just head changing the position they're standing in. Um, Even that, yeah. Like a, a common one is you cut their back of their knee and you put green stuff in to fill it, and it looks like they're running. Mm -hmm. yeah. I know it's very easy to do stuff like that with the crisis yeah. suits for Tau. A yeah. little bit harder because you kind of the newer ones are a lot easier because the legs are positional, but the old ones used to have a set one. But it would even show you that you know if you carve out here, yeah, you can then break it apart and move the legs however well, you want. Well, oh, when they came, they came on what third edition, right? And third edition, mm -hmm. I remember the codexes. They had a lot of stuff. They had a section for like how to paint your army, different paint schemes, and conversions. Mm -hmm. And that was a and terrain. It's kind of a shame now because the new kits are seem less conducive by in the last like once it started coming out. I think around sixth edition, it's more like this is how you build it. 
There's not there's weapon they're, options, but not so much. They're very monopose. They're, they're yeah. gorgeous. They're mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous, but they're very monopose. It's something I'm noticing with my orcs and Sigmar, yeah. which kind of bothers me. Yeah, I find the Sigmar stuff, yeah, but a lot of the 40k stuff, I'm finding there's a lot of like room to convert, including new kits though. I I know all the new Tau stuff. Oh, okay. It's very easy to like pose guys differently to be able to change stuff. Like broadside and the new broadsides, stuff like that. No, the new broadsides are... Yeah. Well, okay, I, I converted my broadsides, but that's a very common conversion to take the 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 railgun yeah. and turn it into the missile gun. Right? I have been noticing a lot of um, models that, like, for example, the Tempestus. Yeah. Um, you need to match the specific backup to the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that. Um, yeah, yeah. Necron Immortals, the exact same thing. If you don't match them up right away... And you don't follow those instructions, you're having a bad time. But what about some of these kits that are coming out, like the the space the Space Marine Captain kit or the Chaos Lord kit? Like those look like they're pretty. Those are older kits. Oh, those are older. Those are like those are fourth edition. Yeah, yeah. From the glory days, man. Yeah, Hmm. yeah. Like those are all salting out rhinos and stuff. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like all the new heroes are clan packs and single pose. Mm -hmm. Some of them are easier to convert because. Uh, for example, the Dark Elder Archon, that's monopose model, but it's um, interchangeable with the entire Dark Elder range, so it's easy yes. to give it a different weapon or a different head. Yeah. But not all of them are like that. Mm-hmm. Like the, um, the Space Marine Chaplain. Or the, a perfect one is a Space Marine uh, ca- Captain. He's holding, like a, I think, a combi plasma? Combi uh, graph. And it's yeah. like in his freaking arm. It's like you're not going to change yeah, that it's weapon. Like you're, right? you're not changing that. Yeah. I mean, it's a good weapon, but I mean... What about Sentos? Captain Mentos? Captain Mentos. That's true. He, he mentioned that. As soon as we opened him up, we noticed that, okay, this is like a new model that you can change almost anything on this. Yeah, well, you know, broken clocks right twice a day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that just... Marines are not the best example for this kind of stuff. Um, they have a really, like, ex- distinguished... Uh, theme and art style. They're really stylized a specific way. And a lot of that is, like, I know the, the thing that blew my mind the most is when they changed the hands from cutting the handle the off the gun off, yeah. <laughs> to it being the hand is attached to the gun, mm-hmm. which is, is nice, but at sometimes it's really annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about, like, why would you want to convert your army? It looks cool. Uh, it's unique. <laughs> it's something different yes. from what you see. Mm-hmm. Special Snowflake is a big thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely adds like a different flavor yeah. to just, uh, oh, I have another Eldar army. Or I have another Space Marine army. Yeah. Right? You look at a unit and, and no one else has that unit. Mm-hmm. Or very few people mm-hmm. do. Compliments. We all want compliments. It's the only way I get through my day. <laughs> um, um, sometimes it's... I didn't want compliments, but then I started getting them. I'm like, ooh. Ooh, ooh. We'll, I'll do more. We'll check out this eviscerator made from a siege drill. Isn't it beautiful? <laughs> yeah, we posted that picture on the Facebook page as well. Yeah, just straight up beautiful. Um, okay, well, it can be on a budget. Like, mm-hmm. um, some conversions are more expensive, but sometimes if there's a really expensive model and you just look at it, like, I can build that out of bits in my box. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's as simple as not putting stuff on it. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> like, like my Tomb Blades. I didn't put on any of the extra fancy bits. Um, I, 
you can argue that's not full WYSIWYG, but then I'd argue it looks stupid. <laughs> and well, I, I didn't put I riders think the, in them. The, the cool factor always trumps. And I didn't put riders in them. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You look at all my tomb blades, mm. and I rearranged the back plate. It's a, from the same kit. Rearranged the back plate where the guy sits, moved it forward so it looked like shoulders, and then the front console looks like a head. So it looks like little scorpions when I'm done. Yeah. And it looks yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. And you don't have this goofy looking driver with like his head jammed into an orb. And his hands, like, holding an orb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, obviously the question, like, why would you want to convert your army is, it's pretty obvious, it's pretty simple, right? Yeah. It's because it's awesome. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a deeper meaning. Why do you, why do you convert, Mike? Well, originally when I started, like, um, it was my chaos. A lot of my conversions were, I was in high school, so I didn't have money. Yeah. No job in high school. Not a good not a good combination if you want to play Warhammer. <laughs> and um, I learned really quick that I can just mutate everything because it's chaos. Mm -hmm. Get some green stuff, take some old vehicle bits, boom, you got a demon prince. Quite literally. That's how I made my first demon prince. Nice. <laughs> um, it was a pair of Turner Warrior Rending Claws. Um, a barrel off... A gun from a Gundam model kit, Abaddon's sword because I didn't want to use named characters, and I got a free blister pack because that's what they used to do. You get like, oh, you bought this, you bought a whole army here, we'll give you a free blister pack for yeah. HQ. So obviously I took Abaddon because he's the most <laughs> expensive, <laughs> and um, green stuff and vehicle parts and some mutation bits, and I made a, I put a ripper in his chest so he had like two heads. It was kind of cool. That's cool. Yes. And. Um, like I liked it. It was is fun for me. Um, it was I wouldn't say it was spectacular, but I was able to get a demon prince out of spare parts. And That's cool. like as a kid, a demon prince was I think thirty five bucks at the time. A giant hunk of pewter. So now it would be probably about sixty seventy bucks yeah, yeah. for a giant hunk of fine cast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> not not any better. And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it, it, it was for necessity. Or um, another thing I would do is if I wanted this weapon but I didn't have it, I would like try to like kit bash some stuff to make it look like the weapon to spread out your stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe use a combat knife because you didn't have enough chain swords. Yeah. Um, also, like back then, like in some of the older model kits, they don't give you enough bits to build things. Like... I was building That's, the new kids give you a lot of extra bits. I find, but there's still some pretty old bits mm -hmm. out there, like um, Carnifexes. How are you gonna arm your Carnifex? The yeah, first, well, the, the correct answer is two two sets of devourers. Yeah, because but they only give you one pair. Yeah, and if you <laughs> yeah. do get two pairs of them, they look really bad. They're kind of like these little like squatty arms. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. oh god, get this out of here. <laughs> um, they also a lot of upgrades you can't get. Like, have, yeah. have you seen my Razorbacks with the Laz Plaz? Yeah, yeah. I chopped up plasma guns from Kalth and chopped off one of the barrels off one of the last cannon for the Razorback, and boom. Yeah, because that's not a common... Like, I, I think Forge World used to have a turret for Yeah, you Laz can still Plaz. order it. Oh, okay, you can still order it. It's not it's expensive as hell, and it doesn't look anything like yeah. any of the other I turrets. think that's actually what Sergio was rocking on his thing. Yeah, was, probably. was Laz Plaz, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, Ian, how about yourself? Why, Why do, do I you convert... Uh, for me, it's about personalization. 
like when I started my Space Marine Army, the Storm Guard, like I wanted them to have a very unique feel. I wanted to be able to like, you know, build a really strong narrative into the army. So lots of minor conversions, like head swaps are major in that, like lots of helmet platoons, lots of characters. No one wants unhelmeted models. Stop making yeah. them. <laughs> but like, yeah. So that was probably the big reason for me is just having like a really unique personalized very army. Very fluffy, very narrative. Yeah, exactly. And I've tried to do that with my Dark Eldar, but it doesn't come out as well. Mm-hmm. Or it hasn't come out as well. And now with the Skaven, like that's something else I'm doing, as well as trying to have like a really strong narrative going through it. Jay, you don't do a whole lot of converting, but you've started dipping your toes in it. I've started dipping my toes in it. I'm like, the more I get back into the hobby, the more I realize, like, I love modeling. Yeah. Like, I enjoy painting, but I really love modeling. Yeah. And now that I'm starting to convert more, I love modeling even more. Yeah. Um, I just, like, we were talking before about how I have the Execution Force and the Inquisitor. I, like, scratch build my Inquisitor. Yeah. It's from, like, I just kept bashed a bunch of stuff. Oh, like, it's an old Katachin body with a uh, unhelmeted space marine head. I was like, finally, I have a use for these heads. Oh, is, that the, is that the guy holding up the book? Yeah, and then yeah, the guy's sick. So that's a Katachin arm, and the book is actually a Skaven hand. But you can't really tell. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it works. So he's holding up this, like, this massive open Cat- book that just... Repent! Catachans right? are more ripped than Space Marines. I don't know why they just don't <laughs> use primarily yeah. Catachans. They just give them better equipment. And then I gave him like a Space Marine go. arm, kind of as like a robotic arm. Um, I didn't magnetize the pistol. The, the pistol on it, which I probably should have because he's going to end up having a plasma pistol. But I think I'm only using that model for a few weeks in the campaign anyways. Um, just convert a new Inquisitor. Yeah, but I'm also finding now, you know, I got a lot more bits. It's a lot easier to convert. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a little bit of converting with my Grey Knights. Yeah, the Librarian. Well, the Librarian, which we'll talk about later. But um, also, like, I'm going with um, Dual Falchions. Right. And there's only so many poses you can do. And I find that once you run out of those poses, if you want your army to be different, don't just do keep doing the same poses over and over. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking one of them, and it, he counts as Double Falchions, but he actually has a double-sided halberd. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it looks amazing. Yeah, looks yeah I saw that. That right. one looks pretty cool. Yeah, um, great. so I'm starting to dip my toes into converting <laughs> a little bit more. It's kind of hard to convert with Tau. I find you've got the broadsides, though. Yeah, um, I got the broadsides, but that's such a everyone converts that they turn the the rail guns into the missile guns. Yeah, it looks great, but it's not like I'm trying to think. It's I, I feel like it's one of the most basic conversions. Yeah. you can do. Right, which is great. That was a great start for me. Yeah, yeah. The the problem is, is no one uses crisis suits anymore. That that's that's wrong because crisis suits, they're gorgeous models. I I, I don't care what anyone says. They're yeah. good. They're really good. <laughs> um, and like you can convert them, make them look really awesome. Like even if you just made like a cool buff mander with like a whole bunch of extra like like uh, sensors and stuff on yeah, it, yeah, that would be wicked. And you could do that. Like mm-hmm. uh, I would say the but. That's all the mechs. Or well, that, the thing that is, drone army we saw. Yeah, we did see a, oh. a drone army, which I'm going to talk about later. But um, oh. there's a lot of oh, oh, mechs army. in not just like Games Workshop stuff, mm-hmm. which yeah. we're actually going to start talking about like how to convert. But there are a lot of like third-party mechs in different games mm-hmm. that you can use these models as crisis suits yeah. and take bits from there, or whatever, right? There's a lot of third-party bits that are... Meant. Meant. For 40k, yeah. I mean, 
for Space Knight backpacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like my assault marines. Yeah. Cool. Well, oh, I was going to say also, I think with Tau, the major conversions you see are like the posing of different mm-hmm. models, like riptides and super dynamic poses. And yeah, stuff you, like with, that. your converting doesn't really end up being like different models or big changes. It's how yeah. you just don't just do the generic pose, really cut yeah, that yeah. down. Like I know Brandon at uh, Young, Young and Lawrence. One of his riptides is mm. actually laying down, yeah, taking like a sniper shot, and he has another one that's like jumping up in the air, and he has like these wings. angelic wings, kind of right, and is adding extra bits and changing the poses, yeah. Um, where it's not like massive conversions, you still look at it and be like, yeah, that's clearly the riptide kit. Mm-hmm. You just really cut that thing apart and changed it, yeah, right. Um, okay, well, let's start on like how to convert. What type of conversions? Are there? Um, oh, I, I mentioned earlier the reposing, and we've been kind of talking about that. Yeah. Um, like, that's probably the simplest thing. I know, like, doing that for assault marines was a big thing mm-hmm. before the assault marines had like their own legs. Mm-hmm. They used to use just regular space marine legs, and they looked so static. And, yeah. yeah. So what a lot of people did was you'd cut the knee, the back of the knee. And then that let you open up the leg, so you could extend the leg, and then you cut the ankle, and bit of putty, there you go. Yeah. Maybe a pin in there to keep it strong. Yeah. And there you go. And, like, you could do just a lot of stuff with that. Just sometimes, just changing that alone will do it. Sometimes you can even bend the plastic on some kits. That's like true, I've, yeah. I've done that on Tyranid Warrior Tails. Yeah. So, because I like my Tyranid Warriors looking like they're slouching down a bit. And if they have the tail going straight up, it kind of looks a little weird. Mm -hmm. So you can, I've heard of people heating it up with a hairdryer. And it softens the plastic Yeah, if you're going to be like bending plastic, you just don't want any direct heat source on it. You heat up up the whole thing and it gets soft enough that you can bend it a little. Yeah, there's no open flames right on it or anything like that. No fire modeling ever. (laughs) You'll damage it. Don't don't take a lighter and just put it underneath it. You're going to end up... I like to tie it up and hold it over the campfire. (laughs) Really get that whole model dripping, you know? (laughs) And no glue guns. No glue guns. Another uh, common one is kit bashing. That's a real easy starting one. So... I mentioned earlier the Dark Elder line, how like all the Orcs. different kits. Orcs are a great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Space Marines, there's so many different chapters, mm-hmm. all those different Terminators yeah, Space and Marines. squads. Yeah, but I mean, Space Marines, there's so many different chapters, oh, yeah. and they're all interchangeable. Like, yeah, they all, get, they're all still Space Marines. Get all Dark right. Angels, Space Wolf, Blood Angels, and mm-hmm. Ultramarine Bits. I mean, there's all. no reason why you couldn't do a regular Space Marine army with Grey Knight Heads, if you really yeah. like the Grey Knight Heads. Right? Yeah, That's an sure. easy kit bash. What yeah. people used to do in back in the day in third edition is you played Black Templar because they were they were the shit when they just came out. You bought Space Wolves, cut off all the wolf stuff, yeah. sanded it down a bit, and there you go. You got used blood yeah. claws for your regular guys. For the Crusaders, yeah. For Crusaders, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what you, that was a really simple thing to do, and that's just what we did because <laughs> to get that many chain swords was impossible any other way. Um, I know we were talking about this before. Is like counts as. There's no reason why you yeah. have to use uh, Games Workshop models specifically for stuff. Just if you're playing a GW, you do. That, that is the thing. You're not, you they, can't they, show, do, they do want you to. You can't show up at a GW with non-GW models yeah. playing 40K. They'll, they'll kick you up. And <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, I, I, I don't disagree with that. No, not at all. Um, well, I, using if, you, one, like, if you're using one model for like a character or something like that, 
Obviously, yeah, the army. Not if you want to think army. you use Games Workshop, but if you want to play like an army to like with female miniatures, you kind of can't use GW because yeah. they don't have any. Yeah. So yeah. that's where you get the third party torso bit. But I know that like um, for because I'm starting to build Inquisition now. Yeah. And like you get a model like a Death Cultist. Well, yeah. you know they have Death Cultist models. They, they have got two th- of them. I was gonna say they got three, but that's no, even they worse. have two poses. And you buy the set, and it comes with the two. And it's like, no, well, I want a five- or ten-man unit of them. I don't want them all to look the exact same. Or you want 15 coming out of the Land mm-hmm. Crusaders. Yeah. Um, well, same with Crusaders, right? Yeah. And also, the prices for these models are kind of through the roof, too, for the yeah, quantity that you cast, get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at, like, third parties, other game types, Infinity models, yeah. right? Um I'm actually looking at some War Machine models, I think. They're like an Elven-type unit, and they have, like, some nice... Cause the Crusaders need power armor. Yeah. So I'm looking at models that kind of have that power armor look to them, but still have, like, a nice solid sword in their hand, right? Check out um, Puppets War. Yeah, I was looking at them the other day. They got some beautiful stuff. I got some bits from Puppets War, and I was... I'm I'm still going to use them for my Marines. I'm going to use them for my Legions of the Damned. Yeah. All the shoulder pads are, like, a a winged skull. Oh, that's cool. Like, feathers. Mm -hmm. And all the heads... Are hooded skulls. <laughs> so I'm gonna do all my Legion of the Dam that I'm gonna have with them. They're just gonna be like regular Mark Six because all my other Mark Four, and put the skull on there, and it's gonna look cool because they're supposed yeah. to be like skeletons on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's the thing. There's a whole third-party bits market where people make bits that specifically fit with GW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I use Max Mini bits a lot. You just mentioned Puppets War, Spellcrow, Spellcrow. Yeah, Spellcrow is really good. That's what I use for my jump packs. When I yeah. do my Black Templar, I want to get the Spellcrow, the Night Heads. Yeah. Because I want them all to have that old classic Horus Heresy type Knight. Here's a, here's a tip. If you're going to order Spellcrow, order from Spellcrow and you get free bits. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yes. Right oh, I was going to order... They give you a well, bag of free order bits. on eBay, but Look, that's no. still... Just order right from eBay, just order right from them, right from their web store. They'll give you a bag of freebies. Sweet, nice. Um, Another and the freebies generally coincide with the army of your thing. Um, I ordered my my space marine backpacks, mm-hmm. and they gave me a bunch of freebies of Roman crests Ooh. and combi graphs. Nice. nice. Oh, the combi graph. Yeah, the uh, spell crows like weapons that are for, like, Space Marines and everything, are just beautiful. Oh, yeah. they're actually really good, yeah. They're actually, their whole... My favorite line that they have is all their Salamander stuff. Yeah. All their, their Salamander, Salamander stuff is, is just, beautiful. like, if you were to use their bits on top of... The regular the actual, Space like, You just buy a Tac Marine kit, and then you buy these upgrades almost. Yeah. It just... You're... It looks so different from everything else. Yeah. And they... It, it's... The third-party bits is really good. Yeah. Like, for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's definitely something you need to consider when you're building like a high-end modeling army mm-hmm. uh getting back on track a little bit another type of conversion is um scratch build or like scratch building weapons mm-hmm. so the, i haven't scratch built an entire kit before but like one thing i've done is uh use brass rods for my ter- assault terminators so they've mm-hmm. all got spears yeah i've like, seen those, those yeah i drilled good. out the hands put in black brass rod and topped it with the spear tip so is that actually a brass rod in yeah there? i didn't know that no. yeah yeah it's brass rod that's actually a lot more durable as well yeah than like true. transporting flimsy little rod like plastic yeah. spears right sometimes uh converting just for transport but yeah, yeah. um very very true you or see my race yeah they're, they're converted but then I realized I couldn't transport them, so I snapped off all their tails and I magnetized them. Mm. 
and now I can transport them. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. Um, just magnetizing. I, w- I wouldn't say magnetizing is so much converting. It's more of a hobbying thing. But sometimes... It can be part of it, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of your rates, talking about, like, different types of converting... You're like the master of same box converting. Oh, <laughs> that's because I look at something I'm like, oh, that looks good. I don't like it. <laughs> that was. Oh, rate. I love the Wraith model. I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I thought it kind of looked kind of goofy, and I'm like, it does. Yeah, it, it does. It, yeah, like maybe if it's in a better pose or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, how can I make this look better? So I'm looking up different ways of converting them because I didn't want the the regular Wraiths. I just didn't. Just didn't like it. And, um, like, I was originally thinking, you know, the ghosts from, in Sigmar, there's, like, one of those things, it's, like, a bunch of ghosts, and they have, like, daggers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. They, they, I was yeah. actually going to originally use them, paint them up to look like a sandstorm. Yeah. And take my flayed one hands and claws and put them in them. So it looked like it was just a sandstorm ripping Interesting. through you. Interesting, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. And yeah. I'm like, I was going to do that. I was That's re- a lot of work. It, yeah, <laughs> not really. I, I, I wouldn't say so. It, no, it all would so. come down to the paint. That's true. It would, yeah. it, it would 90% of it would be the paint. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was looking at it and I saw some guy did a conversion for a Wraith where he, he made it like the Scorpion, like mine. Mm-hmm. His, his was a lot better than mine. Mine was like stupidly simple. You he, basically just like reverse some of the bits and turn the model I on I turn the model on his back and I spin his arms upside down. And, his and it looks like a way. Scorpion crawling across the table. Yeah. And, it looks and the so tails good. look too much like lassos. So I just bent the tails, um, and they had a flat part, so I just took some milliput and mm-hmm. put it over and yeah. filled in so it looked like an actual tail and bent it out so it's all over the place, and then I didn't have to put the stupid-looking whip coils on either. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, the whip coils are tailed. And if anyone ever complains, they pop the tail off, like, okay, it doesn't have whip coils anymore. <laughs> okay, let's talk um, <laughs> real quick. Let's just cover some, like, tips on converting I'm going to say, if you're new to converting, start simple. Yeah. Don't that. take on too much. Start real simple. Start with, like, I want to do a basic conversion, um, something that I want to still work on. Hand and head swaps. Yeah, yeah. very easy. Yeah. Um, I want to make a Fire Warrior unit that's like an honor guard. Mm. And I've seen a basic conversion. I actually saw it in Warmer Visions where they took Dire Avenger cloaks. Yeah. And they put them on the fire warriors and it just right. changes the model a little bit. So that one little item makes the whole unit seem more regal, seem it stands out from everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. all it is is a kit bash. Super simple. Just dip your toe in with a little bit of converting before you jump into something bigger. Yes, I agree. In uh Google image search. Yes. <laughs> like yeah. so good, yeah. Dark Elder conversions, space ring captain conversions, yeah. converted Gracier. Just Sometimes I spend hours on Google just looking at conversions. Mm-hmm. Get inspiration there. Just hand over fist, steal other people's ideas. That's not... Like, stealing someone else's idea isn't a bad thing. No. Like, someone looks at your rants and goes, oh, that's amazing. There's no reason to be like, yeah, I saw it online. You know, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to do. Right? Yeah. Check it out. People are still going to love the fact that you did it. Yeah, exactly. Right? Nobody Actually, else in your area yeah. has something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just because someone else has it doesn't mean that... You know, okay, they have it in Austria. Who cares? You're never going to see them. <laughs> yeah. And you did a better job. <laughs> Hopeful. Yeah. I, I still haven't seen anyone copy my Tomb Blade thing yet. Yeah. And I was looking for, like, I even, like, Googled riderless Tomb Blades. Nope. No. Man. All right. Nope. So, top tip, Mike. Hit us up. With if you had to advice. pick one top tip, what would you pick? One top tip, don't be afraid. 
Oh, yeah. Nice. That kind of oh. counters mine. <laughs> <laughs> Get out. Yeah, you, you know what? Like, Go home to your truck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I your was. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you can't be too afraid. Being nervous is one thing. But that's because you spend money on this. Um, no, when you're nervous, you fuck up. That's why I said, don't be afraid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so many times I've been like, oh, oh, am I doing this right? Am I doing this right? Nope, you messed up. Maybe you should have just grabbed the hobby saw and been confident. But yeah. Done. <laughs> Another thing I would say is try and do like a dry fit. Oh, always like, dry fit. If you need to. Oh, yeah, like, for get, sure. Dry fit, yeah. Sketches? Some, yeah, sketches. Get some blue tack and do that. Yeah. Um... Big thing that we talked about earlier is like converting on a budget. Yeah. So building up a bits box, keeping every single bit is that, I mean, that is I a think, huge tip itself. Yeah. I think that holding on to bits can become a bit of a problem. Yes. If no. you can get too much of a bits box. I know some guys at our stores, like our store is very generous with like, if you need a bit, yeah. just ask around, someone will have it and someone will give it to you. Well, we have at our store, we have a couple high rollers. I'm almost one of them. <laughs> There's my Necron army. But like, we have guys who buy a whole army, build it, paint it, get bored of it, sell it to someone and buy another one. So, yeah. like I asked someone recently, who had just time. built an elder army, I was like, Oh, you know, did you get Dire Avengers? Do you have those Dire Avengers cloaks? Because I was looking for them for the Fire yeah. Wars. And he's like, man, I, do, I don't keep bits anymore. Because yeah. he's, he's, like, he's like, I build the model, and whatever I don't use, it goes in the garbage. Because he's like, it's just... Soul. I know, but at the same time, I can understand it. If you're buying massive amounts of models... Leave the half-clip sprues at GW as, like, a free bin or something. I'm sure GW would love that giant box of just, like, unused sprues. <laughs> yeah, like, here... Yeah. Don't I buy do, this conversion I will kit. admit that, like, Please. every few yeah. months I go through my stuff, and, like, because you finish building a model, and you kind of keep that sprue off to the side. Yeah. And then look at this pile of sprue that is just like, what? I'm not going to be using this. house box so is I spend, full, Yeah. Mean? So I spend, like, an afternoon just clipping off all the, all the bits. I don't clean them or anything like that. Yeah. I just clip them all off so I can throw the sprue out, and now I have my little bits box. And just everything goes in there. I do try and separate them. Sometimes I'll take like a plastic baggie and I'll be like, okay, this is Fire Warrior stuff. Yeah. This is Crisis Suit stuff. This is Space Marines. And I'll have like different baggies of all my things. That way I just go into my bits box, grab the bag. I can dump the bag over, search through what I need. When I'm done, put it back in the bag. That's it. I, bits I, box organization is a whole other thing. <laughs> that's I mean, a whole other main topic. I, I feel like one. little drawers and they're all organized by like type of bits. So I have a head drawer, a close combat drawer, yeah. a primary weapon drawer, a specialist I, weapon. Drawer. I had half a Tupperware <laughs> container full of bits in my desk drawer for the longest of time. And only because it fit between the things. My bits organization is horrible. <laughs> I spent like a week doing it. Yeah. So, I have friends ask me, are you, are you playing with Lego? Because I'm on TeamSpeak. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm looking for a bit. I'll mute my mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll, uh, it can get frustrating, but yeah. Um, okay, well, we've covered a lot of this, but let's talk about like the main pros of building, like of converting. Having the most badass army around. I think so. I, yeah. think, I think that like... I also feel like when you convert something, you take a lot more pride in it. Yeah. You finish that army, and Price. you're very proud of yourself that, like, it's not just, you know... It will also price, because sometimes, like, price of a model is just cheaper to convert it. Well, how much was that uh, Inquisitor? Absolutely free. Yeah. I built my Inquisitor. Oh, I mean, okay, I had left... But even having leftover bases is... 
Oh yeah. Is bits box stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Like I built resin bases. I had resin bases for like a lot of my gray knights, so I had a lot of extra thirty-two mil bases yeah. lying around. So it was completely free. I built an Inquisitor model that's still Games Workshop yeah. bits. So oh, yeah. you can't tell me that I'm not using Games Workshop product, right? And well, their their main issue is if they you go and you buy like the Puppets War Robot Warriors and Necrons. Or yeah. Like, or something like that, or it's a whole army that is yes. GW that or, I can understand. Or yeah, all your orc trucks are model cars. Yeah, I, I did the Mad Max, and I yeah didn't use any GW. Model yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I can see that they're running a business, so you can't really knock them for that. I mean, you want to play a home like that. Um, but yeah, like like I said earlier, it's price sometimes. Uh, sometimes. Well, model is just too expensive. Yeah. Like yeah. A, a wolf or something. Like, say maybe you have, like, wolves or chimera in your Dark Elder army. Why not just use Fenrisian wolves and convert them a little bit? Yeah, like, I'm looking and at... It's yeah. cheaper. It's yeah. cheaper. Like, and it's after I build this model. Inquisition, um, I might start building... I found, like, an updated... Okay, updated, like, fan-made updated Arbites codex. Right. That's very... It's not, like, overpowered. It's not some fan being like, I love Arbites, I'm gonna... Make them the best army in the game. No, no, it's very like I would. You're not going to win any tournament with this army. Right, you're probably right. going to lose a lot, most of the games that you play. Mm-hmm. But they're updated stats, updated rules for seventh ed, yeah. and they have like a cyber. I don't know what they the call cyber it. Dog. Yeah, they have like, the cyber. Dog. I think they're called cyber mastiff yeah. unit. Yeah, that's right. And it's like, oh, that's so cool. I would love to run a unit of that. That's such an awesome unit to have on the table, especially yeah. for this themed army. But how do you? make them. I was like, well, why don't I have to make them cyber massive? Why don't I just make them actual dogs? Yeah. And use the Fenris and Wolves or something like that, Dude, right? the Fenris and Wolves are so beautiful. Yeah, but if you had actual cyber massive... Oh, it'd be so awesome, too. Like, oh. You know what yeah. those are, like, from the 32, like, the bigger Inquisitor range? Yeah. And the robot dogs? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, okay, well, talking about price. Yeah. Let's start talking about cons. Because, I don't know, converting can get a little pricey, too. It, it works both ways, man. Okay. Especially if you're kit bashing, bashing just for certain bits, and you don't actually own those kits. I yeah. came to a horrible realization uh, a couple months ago when I was working on my Marines. Mainly the reason why I haven't touched them. I'm out of Mark IV helmets. <laughs> I don't know how I ran out of Mark IV helmets. I have three Kalth boxes. <laughs> and I'm out of Mark IV helmets. It's 90 Mark IV Marines. It is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I have... And I'm out of helmets, and now it's kind of like, oh, I need more helmets. <laughs> Specifically Mark IV. Like. Um, price, like yeah. you said. Yeah. I, uh, I started building Dark Elder racks. This was a couple of years ago, but the GW fine gas ones, this was for the plastics. I've been like, oh, these are too expensive. I need to kit bash these. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been just as... It, it ended up being just the expenses of buying two boxes to get mm-hmm. ten. Yep. Because I bought, like, the base models, I think it was Empire Flagellants, and then all these bits to convert them. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I just spent, like, 90 bucks to build these ten guys. I could have just bought the... And they look awesome, but, yeah, the price ended up being... I didn't save any money. Yeah. yeah. You, you saw the kill team I was going to do before I did my um, Carcarodons? No, so, I was doing Dark Eldar originally, yeah. and they were all infected with some tree thim- thing. So, I took dryads, and I kitbashed them with dryads, mm-hmm. and, like, I broke up their shoulder and had, like, one tree branch yeah. growing up. Yeah. It's very so, similar to how you well, a lot of my yeah. bits are dryads. For a box of yeah. cabalites, I had to buy a box of dryads. Yeah. yeah. So, 
a yeah, forty dollar a forty dollar unit turns into an eighty dollar unit, yeah. right? Yes. Um, I know that abandonment. I feel bad. Like for myself, I consider like if you do really elaborate bases, especially like third party resin bases, that's converting. You're spending the extra money yeah. to make your models look different instead of just putting them on a regular base and adding flock. You're buying nice casualties. Bases. Casualty bases. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, casualties on terrain. Um, like a lot of times you'll have like a chaos lord ripping a marine in half or yeah. something, or an orc was like holding a head or something. So like sometimes you oh I'm gonna buy this guy just to make him a casualty. Mm-hmm. But usually you do that for, like, your boss. And you're well, willing to spend a little bit more points on him because he's the leader. Sentos, before you got him for free for spending money on the day of the that he was for sale, you were thinking about just buying him to turn him into, like, a statue for Well, I was thinking he'd make a good statue. I yeah. was like, I'm not dropping this money. But then, yeah, he'd, he'd make a great statue. Yeah. Um, he also makes a great captain because he gets a free power fist. <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> And a tactical doctrine. So, you were talking about, like, not being afraid. But there is the potential to wreck a model. Now, I want to talk about my personal experience. Yes. All right? Go for it. So, we've talked about this before. I did a Grey Knights Librarian. I took the regular Librarian in Terminator armor, changed some of the arms around. That's easy. That's not a hard conversion at all to do. But he has, like, an unhelmeted head. Oh, Uh uh-oh. Why did they do that? Right? And I'm like, no. My guys wear helmets, and they have to wear Grey Knight helmets. A head swap. That's not too hard. No. It's a psychic hood, bro. Yeah. That model is like the back piece, and then the front piece with the head on it. And it's all molded together and everything. And the hood is still part of the front piece. So I had to core out, like, the head of this front piece. And I had to do it, like... Fine with a drill, then take like get a knife in there, and it's still man. A head on a thirty-two mil model is small, mm-hmm. right? To fit a blade in there to really get it all out, and well, then you don't get a smooth cut because it's all jaggedy. Yeah, right. And uh, you know, I just spent forty dollars on this model, and here I am. Like I'm not trembling or anything like that, but in the back of my mind, the whole time I'm like, I cannot mess this up. Yeah. If I mess this up. There's like, there's no going back. I've cut this head out. Now it just, it's going to look like shit and I'm going to have to accept it and it was a horrible conversion. Yes. Right? No, so there is that $80 the horrible Well, unless you want to just stick with the horrible oh, God, yeah. model, right? But being like the modeler that I am, I'm not going to have a, a shit conversion. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go and buy another $40 one and hopefully do it right the next time. <laughs> I um, know the feeling. I know the feeling. So there is that. There like is that potential. Fucked up librarian. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It's just piles. <laughs> That's what's in that cover. <laughs> um, so there is that potential to wreck what's yours, especially if you're trying to bend plastic. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah. If you're trying to heat that yeah. plastic and you do it wrong and you just straight up snap it, I mean, you can glue it back together, but after you glue it back together, you're not going to get that. No, once it, once you snap it, it's it's fucked. Yeah, if it's That's something like, small. You get that plastic glue in there, put that plastic glue and wipe off the goop that squeezes out the sides and don't, and stop trying. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not going to say I have, have horribly ruined models, but I have. Yeah. All right, let's uh, talk about tools. What are some uh, Yeah, I think that there's, tools we need? there's extra costs. Like yeah, oh yeah, tools, yeah. Right? right for tools. Um, especially if you're a very like, get um, a hobby saw. Well, like basic but, model. If you're a basic model and you don't have all these extra things, but yeah, no, a hob- but get a hobby, hobby saw. saw is just amazing. Um, it reduces the chances of you fucking up a model. It also makes it 
ten times quicker. You get a much cleaner cut. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to using like um clippers. like clippers or side cutters. The or... one thing you do have to worry about if you do use a hobby saw is you have to be straight and it literally takes some of it, the model, and turns it into dust. Mm -hmm. So you might lose a little bit. Oh you do. Because but you're, you're, not gonna get, you're not gonna get the grooves that like um, cutters will do. No, you won't. Yeah. And it's it's perfectly flat all the way down. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I did for my uh, last class, Predators, uh, not Predators, uh, Razorbacks. I took one of the last cannons and I used the saw because I found if I use the clipper, it's also, if you clip it, it bends on an angle and then it ruins the other half yep. of the model. It's really delicate. You use the saw, it cuts right down in, doesn't bend anything else. You take it off, you cut it from the other side, and boom, there you go. Yep. You cut a 90 degree in there. Perfectly flat, sand it down a little bit, good to go. Yeah. Another one, especially when I was doing the assault terminators drill. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say oh God. Bits, yeah. Be doing, and that's the thing, too. Like, I was doing some research because I was thinking a new one. The GW1, according to their website, is just for drilling out, like, um, bolters and last guns, the barrels. It's so for it's, pinning, too. Apparent, uh, that's not what they said on their website. Uh. So, well, anyways, what I'm getting at is you might... Once you get the drill, you'll probably need like other drill bits. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whether it's the GW drill or like mine is Army Painter, I think, which I do not recommend. Army. Oh, painter the Army tools. Painter one's garbage. Yeah. It, it's garbage. I I don't have a hand drill. I use a power drill, but I but I, to be fair, I use a power drill every day at work. I'm very like yeah. Oh, with it. I would actually say get a power drill. Yeah. I, I bought a, a hand Dremel, and I'm not looking back at all. Mm -hmm. I almost put a hole through my hand, so I'm going to stick with my little <laughs> Well, no, there's sometimes I've almost put a hole through my hand as a hand drill because you can't get it started. Um, I know one thing that people suggest is you, you score it, the plastic, before you drill into it. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. I've actually sliced my hand open with that. Um, and just because I'm trying to make my life easier, I got a, a power drill, and quite literally, it has made... Everything night and day difference. Just if because you, if you're using hold it in one place. If you're using good um, hobby drill bits, yeah. you shouldn't have to score. You tend to score yeah. to stop the drill from moving when you first yeah. start. Just start very slow when you're drilling. Mm -hmm. Your hole will. If you're going slow and it starts to move, you, you're just going slow, so you're not messing anything up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Once you get that hole started, it's not going anywhere. You can go, you can switch to a larger drill bit and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I think another tool, if you don't already have them, are small files. Yeah. yeah. I think files, when you cut a bit, you need a usually, you might not have cut it yeah. perfectly proper. Go to Princess Auto and buy a file kit for five bucks. Yeah. It's worth it. All these tools, you can get super cheap. You can buy drills for $20, $30. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's yeah. for super I, cheap. Right? I would say get a drill anyway just for repairs. <laughs> just to have one. <laughs> good house maintenance, you know? No, no, no. I mean, for repairs for models. For models, yeah, pinning, um, stuff like that. Pinning. Yeah. Um, and anyone who doesn't know what pinning is, it's you quite literally you drill two holes in the model, you cut a paper clip, and you put that little stick in between the two things. So when it breaks again at the glue, yeah. at least there's something in there holding, holding it together. Yeah. It makes a more sturdy oh, yeah. um, bond. Um, the last thing I want to talk about with cons is maybe if you're doing basic conversions, it's easy. If you're doing a fully converted army, that's a lot that, of work. That's a lot you of get work overwhelmed really quick. You're going to have severe burnout. And you're not going to be able to use the army for a long time. <laughs> I know. That, and you're going to get fed up, and then you're going to cut corners. Yeah. And I know that, like, my Grey Knights, um, 
I'm more or less done building my granites, what I have for now. Um, but one of the reasons why I didn't just continue with my Black Templar was mm-hmm. because I'm doing all these custom bases. Yeah. And it takes a lot of work just to do custom bases, right? You get burned out, man, just doing the same thing over and over, the amount of effort that it takes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the same with painting. There are ways to counter that. Yeah. But it's just another thing on top of painting an army really well. Is you have to If you're constantly battling be like being burned out with your building, with your converting, with your painting, yeah. that takes a toll on you as well. This is a hobby, man. It should be fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So take on the challenge of what you can handle. Yeah. I guess is the thing you can take away from that. Alright, let's talk about best armies to convert. Well, we know the top three. Well, uh, oh, let's talk can... about the top three. You say you know the top three. I know the top three. <laughs> it's Tyranids, yeah. Chaos, and Orcs. Okay. They're the most conversion friendly amongst all of them, and they somewhat encourage it. I think GW released rules for a converted tank, looted tank for Orcs recently. Yeah. You got a data slate, and it's a here's the, the rules for this go grab a Lehman Rust and put some extra plastic card and an Orc hanging out the side of it, and there you go. Yeah. Right, Jay, what, what's your top converted army? Or is that, or is, was it in the top three of Mike's top three? I don't think it is, no. Oh. oh. Um, those are the top, most popular, easy to convert, best to convert armies. I think an army like Sisters is a great army to try and convert. Uh, I, I think an army like Inquisition is a great army to try and convert. An army like Adeptus Arbites. And these are... Some of the yeah. reasons why I'm doing these types of armies is because I enjoy the modeling. I want it, I want that challenge of trying yeah. to make that army. Yeah, orcs is great. You can do orcs so many ways. You can just throw all these bits. You can create all these different vehicles. Um, Noah, a guy that we game with, is doing a grot army with grot tanks and stuff like yeah. that. And basically everything other than the grots themselves are heavily converted. No, most of the grots converted from goblins. Oh, that's right. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and Nautilus from uh, Ogres. Um, yeah. But I think some of these armies are great armies to try and convert as well. If you're up to more of a challenge. Yeah. I think the ones that you talked about are... The friendly are ones. The friendly yeah. ones, yeah. Conversion friendly. But I think if you really want to talk about heavy conversions, you're talking about Inquisition. You're talking about Sisters. I, I would love to see it. Go for it, man. But well, you, you can't really convert the metal models. That's why I mean. You, you have to go scratch build. Or third, buy or third party. Toughest right? Girls in the Galaxy. and Which are... Just beautiful models. Oh, God. Come on, CW. <laughs> Free money. Print it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ian? Uh, I'm going to say Space Marines. Because mm-hmm. when I was looking for an army to start, this is before I started my Space Marines, I was looking at like a hobby project. And I went with Space Marines because they have by far the biggest range, mm-hmm. they have yes. biggest third-party support, uh, biggest inspiration. Like, if you're looking on the internet and stuff, like... Yep. It might, like, orcs, nids might be more conducive to conversions. Yeah. Sisters, Inquisition might be more of a challenge, but Space Marines, you have so many The options. range of conversion plus the ease of conversion. Yeah. It's so easy yeah. to convert a Space Marine. And there's so many chapters and so many bits and so many third-party shoulder pads and heads and mm-hmm. bodies and weapons. I think this is, opens up a great conversation, which we can even talk about on Facebook if you guys have an opinion on... What you think is the best, or mm-hmm. easiest, or top army to convert? Challenge Mike's top three. Once yeah. again, Mike, what are your top three? I, I'm I'm sticking to it. Oh, 
You know why? Because Chaos Space Marines are Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> and Chaos can be evil Chaos. <laughs> Inquisitors. Okay, let's close this off. What is the best model you've converted? Mike. Oh, I'll have to think. Alright, we'll come back to you then. Um, so I was thinking about this, and a yeah. lot of my Space Marine characters jump in my head, but the most complex conversion I've done is my Dark Eldor Ravagers. Yeah. So, um... I agree, yeah. They're like gunboat-style Ravagers, so instead of two turrets on the side, they I took some of the Aether Sails and made them like wings, and then the guns are in a line down the hall. And that was so much fucking work. Way more work than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. But it looks totally The sails on the side are just... Well, the, one of the big reasons I did that is so you can tell it apart from Raiders. Because mm-hmm. most people don't play Dark Eldar. It's difficult. They're very similar models. Yeah. Instead of guys hanging off the side, you have guns on the side yeah. or something like that, right? But, I mean, people still can't tell them fuck apart, but so... But yeah. <laughs> even I have trouble sometimes. <laughs> They're the same. Like, they have wings. Yeah. It's a totally different vehicle. <laughs> All right, Jay. Um, I think either my librarian... I want to see my librarian because he looks really cool, and when I put him on the table, a lot of people are like, that's awesome. Yeah. The fact that you, like, cord out that head completely, like, he doesn't look anything like any model like I've seen before because mm-hmm. I've changed the arms around. Yeah. Um, but I'm very impressed with myself, with the Inquisitor. The fact that, like, I started that model just with, like, I kind of have an idea what I want and did a lot of dry fitting. Yeah. And it ended up with a fresh model from scratch. So I think I'm here with my Inquisitor, which gives me super pumped to do the next version of him when I upgrade him to power armor. Nice. Because I am also want to do him from scratch. Yeah, yeah. And well, okay, scratch not from my bits box, but scratch from like, I'm going to kit bash him. Yeah. I'm not just going to buy an Inquisitor model or buy like a Space Marine Captain and turn him into, I might buy the Space Marine Captain and then add like four some of the bits and then add other stuff on. Yeah. But yeah, I would say my, uh, my Inquisitor is my favorite and my, what I think is my best conversion. Mike, have you have you narrowed have, it down? I've I've had so many models over the years. Um, I like my my third edition fly rank because I had to putty the back of them to put the wings on, but it's just kind of soft wings on them. I'm I'm gonna go with my assault marines. Your assault marines? My assault marines. Yeah. So, though, I just think it goes with the eviscerators. And I was just yeah. gonna say if you couldn't pick, I was gonna say your siege drill eviscerators are my favorite conversion. And everyone that sees them, like, someone will walk by the table and kind of, like, look at the game that's going on, and then you'll see them kind of, like, you see it in their eyes, like, what, what's up with that model? And they, like, lean in, and then, like, you're in the middle of the game, and they, like, look over at you, like, do you mind if I, like, everyone wants to pick up and look at these models? Because it, it's so simple, and every Space Marine player has Centurions kicking around with drills. Cause that they never use. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, why would you take anything but grab? Right? Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, uh... The worst thing was I was going to use those drills, but <laughs> there's a right-hand drill and a left-hand drill. Anyways, so uh, that's been our main topic. We hope you go out and convert every one of your figures. We'll be right back. All right, and we're here with uh, rules lawyering. Yeah, lawyers are in the house. There you go. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about something that's... The question itself is um, pretty simple because mm-hmm. we've had this question like banked up for a while in like, yeah. a list of questions, um, but now there's like a very clear, fast answer for it yeah. with the FAQ, which in the next episode that we do, I want to talk about because I'm mm, 
the the more I play 40k, like, we all wanted an FAQ and questions answered. The more it's, you hate Elba. Uh, no, the more I hate the FAQ. Um, but we'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so simple answer. Okay. Can I use Apocalypse Formations in regular 40k? No. <laughs> the FAQ, that question is exactly the, the, new, the FAQ. new draft FAQ on Warhammer 40,000 Facebook page says unequivocally no. Yeah. So simple. That's the answer yeah. to it. However, there's been a lot of um, apocalypse formations that have been converted. Mm -hmm. So a game we played recently, you ran the um, Ethereal Council. Yeah, or the something. Ethereal Council, yeah. That was a apocalypse formation for Morgue Zone Damocles. Mm -hmm. And it's almost identical. Um, so a lot of, the, as we talked about, it's also a good timing because we talked about apocalypse and death in the last episode. Mm -hmm. All apocalypse formations have um, a specific type, so it might just be something like super heavy flyer. Yeah, and this, is, this is something I don't think we covered in the apocalypse episode. I think we like touched. We on touched it on like apocalypse formations, but yeah. we didn't touch on like the types of formations. I, yeah. I didn't even know this. So there's uh, to give three examples. There's high commands, which is you like the ethereal councils of high commands. Yes, yeah. three to seven ethereals, or uh, roughly. Uh, there's Masters of the Chapter, which is a chapter master, and I think four to ten captains, Space Marine captains. Mm -hmm. And um, so those are high commands. And in addition, whatever benefits are listed in the formation, they also have high command benefits for being high command. So they can, you get an extra strategic asset for taking a high command, and you can call, I think it's a second all-out attack where you triple your movement distance and can charge. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You might get bonus attacks, too. That's Apocalypse, though, but yeah. Yeah, so that's Apocalypse. And obviously, like, the Ethereal Council doesn't have those benefits in regular 40k. Cause, no, no. Um, well, it also, in... Uh, so we were looking at that one specifically. So in 40k, when you kill an Ethereal, uh, you get a victory point. Yeah. In the Apocalypse Formation, you have to kill the entire unit. Yeah, and then you get a... To get a victory point. It's, it's like or an APOC victory point. An APOC point. victory point. Whereas in... 40k, there's no mention of that. So if I take the Ethereal Council in regular 40k, mm -hmm. that gives up. If you take out the whole... Let's say I have an Ethereal Council of three Ethereals. Yeah. You get three victory points for taking out that unit. Yeah. So it's... You get some good benefits from it, but... You're putting a risk you're out there. You're putting a huge risk tough. out there. No, no. Not, unless you take on Vol, in which case, they can be tough, but still not that tough. Well, even think about in um, Apocalypse. Like, okay... Five ethereals sitting around. That's pretty squishy. To give up like a whole strategic point. Yeah, yeah, depending on the weapons that you have, yeah. Fire a D weapon at me. I'd love for you to fire a D weapon at me. Okay, but if you don't have an ball, for example. Yeah, if you don't have an ball, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Anyways, so we've seen this sort of uh, change over. Apocalypse is a sixth edition rule set. Formations have been adapted to uh, regular 40k and are now part of it and GW's unequivocally said you can't use them. Uh, some other types of apocalypse formations I'll just mention. Armored spearheads, that's tanks similar to the Death from the Skies, how you deploy those tanks in formations, you get additional bonuses and that's again is in addition to what's listed on the formation data sheet. Uh, psychic choirs, that'd be like five librarians and they get bonuses from being a psychic choir plus they get like a vortex spell or something mm -hmm. i'm a big fan of like the uh the positioning of vehicles and flyers yeah, it's cool it really especially with vehicles with flyers is a bit different because flyers 
Um, especially if they're zooming, they don't have to worry about dangerous terrain or anything yeah. like that. So it's you just have to keep them in a certain position. It doesn't matter like the the terrain that's in the way. You yeah. just stack them on top of each other. Who cares? It still counts as the formation mm-hmm. or the the setup. Yeah. Um, with a vehicle, that changes things a little bit because there's a fair amount of terrain in 40k. Mm-hmm. So if I want to keep this formation, one or two of these vehicles might be hitting terrain and rolling difficult terrain, yeah. dangerous terrain checks. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it really reaps that whole like. Okay, there's a little bit more of a risk to keep this formation, yep. but you're going to get a benefit from it. Yeah. So, we thought we'd talk a little bit about um, taking some apocalypse formations and using them in 40k, especially for armies that are kind of lacking in rules and formations right now. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, admittedly, we're both, like, way more fluff players. Yeah, this is, players. this is definitely more of a. You know, this isn't like pickup games. Oh, do you mind if I use this formation that's out of date and in this apocalypse rulebook? It's like, no, me and Jay are having a game. It's like, hey, I found this cool formation. I don't think it's overpowered. Let's talk. Can I use it? Yeah. yeah. So the one I want to use as an example is out of the Code or um, Warzone Armageddon supplement that comes with the uh, main apocalypse rulebook, and it's the Bike Boys Call for Speed for Orcs, which is great because like speed orcs. Are the best. Yeah, and also orcs kind of need a bit of a boost right now. Yeah. So in this formation, you take one war boss on bike, six or more war bike mobs, two. Oh, I didn't write it down. Two or more war buggies, and um, it's zero plus zero plus knob bikes. bikes. Yeah. yeah, and they get this crazy move bonus when they're coming out of strategic reserves, but you don't have strategic reserves in regular forty k, so yeah. just scrap that one. And then they can fire after turbo boosting is the benefit. Which seems a little strange. But the thing is, like, a lot of... On the bikes, it's all 24-inch weapons. Yeah. It's twin-linked. You still can't assault out Mm -hmm. of turbo boosting. I'm sure someone can figure out a way to to get it done. Well, it says right in the rules. You can't do any other movement after turbo boosting. You can't fire weapons. Um, As the way 40k is right now, I'm sure someone could hack it. (laughs) <laughs> Probably, but but regardless, I think that like you don't need to like they don't need to be able to turbo boost to still hit you with their weapons first turn with a twenty four inch range and a twelve inch movement. Yeah, right. You have a thirty six inch bubble of attacking mm-hmm. there. Um, so what difference does it make? Yeah, and it's also very fluffy to the army, and it also isn't super overpowered. Yeah, because they're still I, just bikes. They're not like crazy amazing in close combat. Yeah. still. Yeah, they're. I think it's a weaker army right now, and this is a fluffy, interesting formation mm-hmm. that can be easily adapted to 40k. Um, there are other ones in there, too. There's a, um, there's a Tau one. Uh, I believe it's three squads of Fire Warriors and two squads of Pathfinders. Okay. Maybe with additions, that it might be like three plus squads of Fire Warriors, two plus squads right, of Pathfinders, right. where you get plus one ballistic skill while you're shooting at anything on a objective. objective. Right. And you go like, oh, that's kind of OP. You don't need, like, marker lights to raise your ballistic skill. Well, first off, it's still only ballistic skill 4, mm-hmm. right? Marker lights will help that out. But you're also committing to an infantry-based army. When was the last time you saw someone run Pathfinders? The meta right now is you run marker lights because they can move and marker fire drones. marker drones. Because they can move and fire yeah. uh, their marker lights. Whereas Pathfinders, they're kind of just sitting where they are if yeah. they want to fire their marker lights. they're heavy right? weapons. Right? they're heavy weapons, yeah. yeah. Um, there are ways around that, but... Um, it's an interesting formation that... That I don't think is OP compared to the rest of the formations in that, 40k. Yeah. So if someone asked me, hey, can I run this? I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm also 
in total agreement that you can run a formation um, regardless of where it's from and count it as a detachment without the rules. So let's say there is one from an apocalypse formation that's kind of OP, but the units that are in it are very like fluffy. Mm -hmm. Like normally formations tend to be a little like fluffy. The, the units yeah. that are in it, they, they're in it for a reason and then they have some bonuses to go with mm -hmm. it. If something is a little OP, but you want to run it because it's fluffy reasons, take it and you don't get any of the benefits from it. That's kind of what we're doing in our, um, in our campaign. Uh, campaign that we're going to be uh, having soon. Our escalation one campaign. Day. Yeah, one day. It keeps getting pushed back. Yeah. Regardless, though, is that it's supposed to be single CAD. However, there's some exceptions, whereas if you want to run a formation, that's cool. Mm -hmm. You can take the units from that formation and it counts as, it can, it can count towards your, like, CAD. It's a detach. It's a formation that doesn't have any special. But yeah, benefits. you don't get any benefits from it. It's like, yeah. okay, you want to take that because this is the theme that you want to have to your army. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But you don't get any of the benefits from it. You can just yeah. take those units instead of taking a CAD. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah. Game. I I think this sort of like building a narrative, making like house ruling stuff. That's part of and encouraged in 40k, and I think it makes the game a lot better personally. Mm -hmm. Alright, so, while I was doing research for this question, my internet was going a little slow, so I didn't get to check the FAQ until I'd done all my other research. Yeah. Like, come to, well, it's really unclear, this is an older <laughs> supplement, uh, just we're going to have to guess here, and then, like, go online. It's like, oh, yeah, just unequivocally, no, can't yeah. use those. <laughs> so, while I was doing that research, I found a bombshell. Yeah, you told so, me that you found, like, something that would change the game for us completely. So that This isn't so much as a rule lowering, so much as we've been playing wrong, apparently. Yeah, so, I don't know, maybe a bombshell is the right word, but this is very interesting. And you haven't told me this either. No, I haven't told you what it is. <laughs> and I, this may change how I construct armies okay. from now on. Yeah. So, I'd like to start by uh, giving my apologies to a friend named Ben, because he was right. So... <laughs> Uh, page 121 of your big rule book, the sidebar formations. Um, so I'll start with talking about the difference between formations and detachments because it spells it out here very okay. specifically. So a detachment includes some form of force organization chart. Okay. So a CAD, for example, is, you know, mandatory HQ, two mandatory troops, and then like some other shit. Okay. A lot of people, I just, sorry, not to cut you off. A lot of people say that a formation is a detachment. It's a special kind of detachment. Okay. But yeah, it so yeah, so detachments specifically that non-formation detachments, let's say. I'm just gonna kinda of split them up a yeah, bit. Okay. So detachments have force organization charts. So yeah. for example, I don't the blood angels code. We're used to see a de uh, detachment has like the required and then what you can take in addition to it. Yeah, but they're heavy support, elite, yes. fast attack. It's not like... It's very oh, open-ended. Yeah, you don't take two troop choices and then a ball predator and an assault squad. It's yeah. like, no, you take two troop choices and then these options. Yeah. So, out of the Blood Angels Codex, there's the Ball Strike Force, which is mandatory one HQ, one elite, and two troops. And then it's three more optional elites, so a total of up to four elites, and then it's basically... The Nemesis bad. Strike Force... For Grey Knights, it's yeah. the exact same. It's almost identical to a CAD, except it's one troop, one HQ. Yeah, now compare that to a Skyhammer Annihilation Force. Yeah. Exactly two assault squads, two Devastator squads, and drop pods. Yeah. No, oh, And that's well, a formation, then. Yeah, okay. so I can't swap out those dev squads for dev Centurions or tactical squads. Yeah. 
they have to be depth sphere squads. So that's a formation. That that's the difference. Mm-hmm. All right. So in, uh, under formation, the striving instead of including a force org chart, the army list entries that comprise the formation are listed on it, along with any special rules that those units gain. Unless otherwise stated, they maintain their normal battlefield roles. So like. Um, assault squads in a sky hammer are still fast attack. The devastator squads are still heavy support. Yeah. Unlike other detachments, formations can also can also be taken as part of unbound armies. If they are, their units maintain the special rules gained for being part of the formation. So you can take an unbound army out of all your miniatures collection and then throw a sky hammer in there, and it still has the special rules. Yeah, it still has special rules. The part of the unbound army doesn't have any special rules. No, but the formation does. The formation does, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's almost like an unbound army is a detachment in itself. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like, a detachment would be unbound. Yeah, but it's... My understanding, as it's always been, is that a battle forge must include detachments and unbound, even if you fulfill the requirements for detachments, you don't get those special rules. So you're saying you could never, like, mix and match, kind of. Yeah, you can't take, like, unbound and then I'll throw in an execution force. Yeah, exactly. I I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I know for, like, just pickup play. Yeah. No problem at all. Uh, No problem at all what? You can run it. Like, that's cool. I see what you're saying. Tournament plays say that your armies have to be battleforged. Yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. That was something I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a tournament that doesn't say you have to be battleforged. Uh, I've seen one or two here and there, but it's pretty rare. I would not want to be going to those tournaments. No. You would be getting some hardcore cheese. But Bring the, whatever you want at 1850. But <laughs> I thought, I, I did not know this. I thought you, if you are taking an unbound army, you can't take like any formation, and, like a library's conclave. Interesting. Yeah. I normally don't run Unbound. It's, it's something that I wouldn't... We should play an Unbound game one time, just so we can take whatever we want. I just feel that, like, what I've bought, like, whatever I buy mm-hmm. follows, like, a Force Org chart in some way, just because, like, I've always looked at a Force Org chart and be like, all right, in my, I'll spend money on this many troops, I'll spend money on this many units. Well, I don't need to buy another unit of this because I've already maxed out my Force Org chart, right? Yeah. But, um, like, I... Once your army gets high enough in points, though, you wanna I want to run an all-crisis suit list or something like but, that. But, like, I have wanted to run Unbound for various yeah. reasons. And you now you technically could run, because you have a lot of assault troops, you could run a bunch of assault troops and then a Skyhammer on top of it. Exactly. Right? You could run that fluffy, yeah, okay, you don't get objective security, you don't get any benefits, but you get that fluffy all-assault squad in there. But then you also get something that's... Well, really powerful in there too. It's not. It's not like I need to, like, oh, I want to take a sky hammer. Well, I have to take this two troops in HQ tack, quote unquote tax. Yeah. Especially with, I mean, it's a little better now that scouts are weapons go ballistic go four. For blood angels, yeah. But well, before, for everything, but yeah, yeah. But before it was like, do I really want to take tack marines or like undertrained scouts? Yeah, yeah. So now it's like, okay, well, I want to take a sky hammer. Okay, I'm just gonna take like extra assault marines on top instead of, that. of like instead, instead of the scouts of, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, I'll just spend the money on having better yeah, like, exactly. infantry in there. Yeah. So I don't know. I like I found this out like an hour ago, so I don't know how it's gonna change my army list or even if it will. But I had no idea 
it worked this way. Mm -hmm. I've gone in again, like apologies to Ben because I got an argument with him. I got a little pissy about it too. But that <laughs> as, was a as you normally do when it comes to like heated discussions. <laughs> it wasn't heated. I was just like, I was really like frustrated because I'm like, this is such a basic rule. How do you not know this? <laughs> and he was right. So yeah. like, and that is yeah. why we do this segment. This the rule book is like it's massive. We were actually talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Just to talk about this whole segment in general, kind of, and why, like, the rulebook is so massive. Um, yeah, I say it's so massive. There are other games that the rulebook is, like, way more complicated. But... This is pretty damn complicated. It is pretty damn complicated. We were talking about Age of Sigmar. Yeah. And it's so strange how that, like, the rulebook for Age of Sigmar is only four pages. And you would normally go, oh, that means the rules are really simple. Okay, that's cool. The rulebook is only four pages. But every single unit has its own data sheet... With its own rules. It's not like 40k, where there's like, mm. alright, you're infantry. Generally, just like regular infantry, they yeah. all have basically the exact same rules, and you might have different, you have different weapons. Yeah. And your stats are different. But when I look at a unit of Space Marines, and I look at a unit of Fire Warriors, I know they more or less act the exact same way on the table. Yeah. Just with different weapons. Yeah. Now, when I look at a unit of Rats, and I look at a unit of, oh man. Stormcast. So I, 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 I was going to say like prosecutors or liberators or something, let's yeah. say. They're both tro- like quote unquote troop choices on the table Yeah. that act completely differently. Yeah. And that's what's so complicated that one rule book is four pages, one rule book is 150, let's say, 200 pages. 200, yeah. Right? Yet one is advertised as being simpler but, but when it comes down to it Age of Sigmar is a pretty complex game with the amount of different units and everything like that well there's no unifying rules so think about how oh you're talking about infantry act the same well it's not just infantry it's like infiltrators act the same yeah but or like deep striking units act the same maybe they modify a little bit but like stuff deep striking yeah. works different from unit to unit in Age of Sigmar I feel like too like when you play forty k, when you play yeah, quote unquote, deep striking. Um, yeah. When you play forty k, if there's a unit that, um, let's say they're infiltrated, let's say certain units do have different rules, mm-hmm. right? The odd unit here and there will have like a special rule or something like that. Your yeah. opponent tends to be like, okay, this unit here. By the way, this unit has this and this. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. This one unit, there's one or two units on the table. They play a little bit differently, but it's not like every single. These are this unit. They act like this. These are this unit. They act like that. That's that unit. It acts like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You might point out, like, oh, by the way, this Forge World Land Raider is unaffected by Melta. Yeah, that's what's different about this one. Yeah, whereas, oh, here's my army with 12 different types of units. Here's 12 or more pages you need to read from cover to cover. To understand cover. what they all do. Yeah. yeah. And the, yeah, there's very little uniformity, and that makes it so... Com- I mean, it's complex in 40K where you have different codexes... And different types of formations and all this other stuff. But then to break it down further where it's each page is so... It can be so different. Yeah. Even within the same, like, army or allegiance or Mm -hmm. faction. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so that's rules. That's the rules, Lauren. That's the rules tangent for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet, man. I think uh, you got anything else to add? No. We'll be right back. back with 
Beyond the Rim. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. So uh, first thing first. Yeah. I and you finally played Settlers of Catan. Yeah. Wow. I can't. I was always that guy that people were like, you know, when there's like that classic movie that nobody's seen. Yeah. And you're always like, yeah, I've seen The Godfather. <laughs> or just like you, you just nod your head and yeah, agree. Sixth Sense. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Yeah, <laughs> Ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was always that way with Settlers of Catan, where yeah. I was like, I think I may have played it once. No, I've never played. It. I'm just straight up lying to you. <laughs> I just don't want to be that a while guy. ago. Um, yeah, played it for the first time the other day. Yeah, we were uh, hanging out with some friends, and uh, you had yeah, never played but, it either. No. Oh, sorry. It was the two of it was four of us that played it. Yeah, it, it was, was me, and you, Joe, and. Uh, Joe from our Star Wars episode yeah, last year. Yeah, and uh, Elton, Elton, who yeah, seems Elton to be like a veteran of that game. Yeah, he says he's a regular play group at his uh, through his work that yeah. they like get together a few times a year and just have like a very serious game. Yeah, but if you haven't played it, it's really good. Our friend Eric, his family plays a lot, so why don't you give a short description of the game for people who haven't played it? Uh, I know probably everyone is like, you're an idiot. Everyone's played Settlers of Catan. Yeah, but you know, it, took, it took us so long to. Especially so. if you're listening to this gaming podcast. You've so probably played Okay, so uh, you set up the board, and it's all these hex tiles, and it forms an island with different terrain types, like forests, quarries, uh, fields. There's like livestock, like wool and shit like that. Or goats. Goats, yeah. Yeah, the goat empire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then you build... Um, you set up two towns or settlements, and then some no, roads. it's two roads and a settlement. Two roads and a settlement. Yeah. Okay. No, it's two settlements and two roads. Whatever. Anyways. Anyways, so you set those up at the beginning, and then you take turns, and like you roll die and draw resource cards, and resource cards you can be used to build more roads or upgrade settlements to cities, more cities. It has a little bit of the mechanics of like craps, whereas in you have to. Like each hex has a number on it, mm-hmm. and that's the number of the two dice that are being rolled. So like you want sevens, sixes, yeah. eights. Those are things that are going to come up more often, but people are going to be fighting over that more. Yeah. So do you want to go somewhere else or resource it? So, but the, since it's randomized, maybe let's say stone mm-hmm. isn't going to be in those high, like all the stones are in lesser ones. Well, may, people might not be going for that, but you can risk it and have like a stone monopoly. Yeah. So every player turn. The player rolls 2d6, and that's the number, and each place that has that number, you get a resource card if you have a settlement adjacent to it. And then the you get points for, like, having settlements and having cities and having the longest road and drawing um, research cards or something like that, and first one to ten wins. Yeah. There's also this bandit that can, like, fuck up stuff. Yeah, he can stop, you can, put, you can place the bandit around, and he, like... Uh, blocks out certain territories. So yeah. you can just block out a seven if you want or something like that. I don't know if there are seven. And the seven's the bandit. Yeah, yeah. No, seven is the bandit. That's yeah, right. you it's roll the most seven. common that comes up. Yeah. yeah. You can block out like sixes and eights and stuff. Yeah, like so if someone's just like raking in the lumber, <clears throat> you just drop the bandit on Literally. There. Yeah. <laughs> drop the bandit on there and their lumber production comes to a screeching halt. So what were your impressions? I really liked it. Uh, there's a lot of trading. Uh, it's funny because my buddy Vio was at the cottage with us when we were playing, and he didn't want to play. And I, this would be like his game because yeah. it's all about making alliances, screwing people over with the bandit, making trades. You know, yeah, like that's his bread and butter when it comes to gaming. It's funny. Everyone like starts off with like like small alliances and stuff like that, and then as soon as one person gets like a decent lead, 
Yeah. Like, just trade stop with that person. Yeah, like, Joe <laughs> got an early lead, and we're like, fuck Joe, we're not trading with him. Yeah. We're, like, cutting off. There's an embargo road. on yeah. it. <laughs> we're building roads to block his roads. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. I, I tried to have the, um... Long, the, long no, sheep. Oh, the sheep, sheep empire. Yeah. I tried to have a monopoly on sheep, but it didn't work out very well. Yeah. Because <laughs> I didn't know how the game worked. I thought you had to, like, connect all your places by roads to be able to trade or yeah, something. Yeah, me too, yeah, yeah. That's not how it works. No, I, <laughs> I messed up my first deployment so easily, and, like, Elton just... He vetted us. He, yeah. Like, I don't want to say ringer, because we knew that he knew how to play, but, like... His, his opening deployment was so good, and he was just like, but, every die roll, he was racking in. But when you're teaching rules, you can't teach someone strategy at the same time. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. I think we overcomplicated in our heads, like, oh yeah, we got to connect the supply lines, make sure our reserves can come in. Yeah. <laughs> get, we get play that, way too much 40k. Yeah, <laughs> that off targeting give us the bonus for yeah, the yeah. reserve rules. If I stack this on top of this, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, how many times can Mystic Shield stack here? <laughs> so, you uh, you bought it, though, which is awesome, because I can't yeah. wait to play it again. Yeah, I bought it specifically for the Cottage, because I figured, like, it's a, uh, it's a simple enough game that, like, maybe the parents can learn it, and if I'm up there with my family, we can play, or, like, with a group of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. it's like, it's strange that, like, just on the surface, it's this fun game, but then when you start going, like, digging deeper into the game, there's mm-hmm. a lot more, I don't want to say meta, but, like... There's a lot more fine details, like yeah. the trading and the how you need to deploy. Yeah, and like, yeah. Especially, like, there's the boats around the outside edges that you can, like, trade resources yeah. for and stuff. Very straightforward, but, like, very straightforward rules, but very deep strategy. Yeah. 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 Kind of like a risk. Yeah. I want to pick up the... Um, I was just going to ask you. Expansion. I was going to ask you if you more players. pick up expansions. Yeah. Because you can turn it into a six-person game, I think. I believe so. Yeah. And then there's all these other ones where you get, like, naval battles or some shit. Mm-hmm. But oh, I just really, oh, that's maybe not bad. I don't know. But, yeah, no, I'm just it's gonna get the game, but yeah, I'm just gonna get the basic extra two. I would enjoy players. it more, I think, with six people. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, if we're going out up to the college with a big group of people, we need like a game that everyone can play. Yeah, that's not just Monopoly. Or Zombicide. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Zombicide's really good too, but it takes a long time to set up. Yeah, it does. Um, anyway, so you still playing Overwatch? I am still playing Overwatch. Um, I've been changing it up a little bit. I kind of stopped playing ranked. Like, they opened up the ranked mode. for Because mm-hmm. I play on Xbox Live. Um, capital J, capital J, space, capital M, lower A, lower C, JJ Mac, if you want to yeah. have me on Xbox Live. Is it, is it space or an underscore? No, it's a space. Okay. Um, yeah, so JJ Mac on Xbox Live. Yeah, I've been playing Overwatch. They opened up rank on Xbox Live, and I was playing it for a little bit. But I don't know, man. It... Unless you have a full 16, like, it matches you up with the group that you have. So if you're a full 16, even if it's just, like, six of us buddies playing, mm-hmm. and we go into ranked, it's going to match us up with a six-player oh. team. So it's like, oh, we're just garbage, we want to play together. It's yeah. going to put us together with, like, a competitive six-player team yeah, and yeah, get yeah. crushed. But if you go in with, like, if you go in by yourself or with a group of two, it's going to put you with other groups of two or other single players mm-hmm. that aren't using their microphones and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. well, if you're not going to use your microphone, why are you unranked? Yeah. Right, because this is a teamwork game, so it, just, it got like super, super frustrating. And like my stats as May are are amazing. She's the ice one. She's right? the ice okay. girl, yeah. Which isn't used very highly in competitive, and people chirp me a lot when I use her. But the problem is, is like she has such a high skill level mm-hmm. that like if you're not good with her, she's absolute shit. Mm-hmm. But when you're good with her, like my stats, I'm like top five percent in the world. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like my stats are ridiculous with her. My the amount of kills that I get with her, because she has like two fire modes. She kind of has like a flamethrower which freezes people. Yeah. 
and then she has like an icicle, like a long range projectile. Yeah. That icicle does so much damage. Yeah. So you just stay in the back line kind of icicle, icicle, icicle until they start coming more forward and then you can join the fight, start freezing and helping people yeah. out. So my kills per minute with her are like, like ridiculous. Like the average kills is something like 10 for her. My average is like 20. Wow. Um, and she also has crazy good crowd control. Yeah. And yeah. she can heal herself too. No, like, healing yourself is massive. Control. And not just healing yourself, she's invincible. Yeah. Like she's in that. So like, so many ultimates that like destroy everyone. It's like, cool, I don't really have to run away. I can just ice claw up and block myself. Ice block, yeah. Or ice wall. Like if a diva runs in for with like her special is like she sends her suit in and the suit mm -hmm. like nukes and anything within line of sight that's close enough mm -hmm. is a massive blast radius. Anything in line of sight dies. You just ice wall in front of it, the whole the block the whole team. Yeah, right? okay. Yeah, because um, she diva's like a mech and then she like launches her suits. So yeah, she gets strong. out in like her human form. Yeah, she's a little bit she got a huge buff. Maybe too big of a buff, mm. I think. Uh, it's very strange. There's a huge power creep in that game in that they're not like so much like 40k. It's like, like oh, we made McCree really, really good. Okay, well, then we just have to make everyone else really, really good as well. It's like people weren't playing Zenyatta, the mm -hmm. floaty guy. Um, right. He's okay. like a healer, but now he is like, he's so OP. Yeah, his he's codex so is strong like now. His codex is so good. Yeah. way too powerful. <laughs> um,. But I started playing a lot more as Tracer too. Yeah. And I'm not phenomenal with Tracer, but I'm really good at moving around. Like mm -hmm. speed characters have always been my thing. Yeah. And I say that when I say that I play May and she's like one of the slowest characters <laughs> in the game. But um like speed characters have always been my thing. So like my cousin is like top tier um diva player and mm -hmm. will one v one as I play Tracer and yeah. it's just a stalemate. Like he can't even hit me. I'm just like here, wow. here, here. You just out of your line of sight, you gotta turn him out of your line of sight again. Mm. Um, but my just my aim isn't my aim at what it used to be, man. I used to be so good at sniping. Yeah, <laughs> getting old. I'm getting old. Those fingers aren't the same. Yeah. Did you? Uh, are you still playing um, the healer buff guy, Lucio? Yeah. I like playing Lucio. I'm okay. I'm really good at playing Lucio. Yeah. And my uh, some people are like really, really, really good at wall riding because he can. If you jump on a wall, it's like oh, it's okay. just like um, it's his passive trait. If you right. jump onto a wall, you just glide along it. Okay. Um, but you can't jump off the wall and then continue. Like you have to just continue moving right, along right, that right. wall. I'm not amazing at it. I can jump up corners. Like I can jump back and forth between corners to get up to high places and over. Yeah. So I've kind of like mastered that. But some people can just enter a room and just get up high in the room and just glide around. So they're boosting everyone and they're not even in the battle. Yeah. And so, but it's so hard to like aim up and like find him as he's running along yeah, this yeah, wall. Yeah. I'm not like that, but I'm really good with the gun. Mm -hmm. So my offensive assists as Lucio is like top tier yeah. in that respect. But the problem is so many people want to play him because he's so good. Mm -hmm. So like the group of people that I play with, there's a newer player in there and she just like, Lucio is the character that I want to learn how to play. Yeah. And I'm kind of cool. Like I've played so much Lucio that yeah, I'm good with him. Mm -hmm. But if you want to learn to be good with him, yeah. you take the reins and I'll go play other characters that are yeah. a little bit more interesting. Cause it kind of gets a little boring. Like I, I like playing support characters, but yeah. it gets a little boring not being in the action. Well, because his abilities are like to, oh, boot, passive. to boost everyone else. They're passive, so you're not doing a lot of interesting stuff. You're just running around, making sure you're close to people, making sure they're getting their heals and their speed boost. But like, you only have so many abilities that actually you have to like press a button to use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I uh, it takes to play Lucio really, really well. It takes really good game knowledge mm. and like. Lucio should always be a little bit more back. He should. Yeah. He's a point player, but he's a point player. He's a rear point player. Okay. Um, 
So you need to watch the whole fight and know the situation because you have the speed and you have the healing. And a lot of people would be like, just have it on healing the whole time. Yeah. Okay, well, what if a May comes into the battlefield mm-hmm. and she's got that, that ice flamethrower yeah. that's freezing people? And it's like, okay, well, it slows you down as it's freezing you. Yeah. So if I turn on speed instead of, instead of uh, health, yeah. she's not going to be able to freeze anyone. They just move right past, they're too fast. Yeah. So you can't lock anyone down with it, right? right Until right. you kill the mate, then switch back to healing. Yeah. Or likewise, if um, D.Va shoots in her, um, her special, yeah. right? Hit on the boost, the speed boost, get everyone out of there. And if anyone did take any damage while not shooting, trying to run away, you switch over to the health right away yeah. afterwards, right? Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool little tricks with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm still playing it. Not as much as I was before. I'm playing some other things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, still a great game. It's still, that's my like competitive game that I go back to. and like. Right. I have other games that I have played more for like recreational. Yeah. But when I really want to like sit down and have fun with the shooter, that's the shooter that I usually sit down and play. Yeah. Um, there's some other stuff that came out within the last, uh, what, three weeks, I think. Yeah, this episode's kind of weird because we were recording with Mike, and then... We took a little bit of a break. Yeah, I got really sick and, like, didn't do anything for three weeks. <laughs> but we're finally finishing this one up. But and we have two trailers that were released recently. Oh my god, so... I think most listeners probably know that Jay and I are pretty big Star Wars fans, nerds, whatever you want and, to call And it. I'm like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm an even bigger Star Wars Rebels fan. Yeah, <laughs> you told me it's your favorite show right now. Uh, it's up there for one of my favorite shows on TV. Oh well, we can talk about this too. We'll talk about it afterwards. Is Stranger Things? Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Star Wars Rebels. Man, the season three trailer came out. Oh my god, man, I got goosebumps watching that. Yeah. So just spoiler alert: we're going to talk about the Rebels and the season, like Rebels season one, two, and season three trailer. Yeah, I don't think we're going to talk too much about. Anyone dying? Man, when he murders Kanan, I just... (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's interesting that they're taking a jump in time. I guess a little bit, yeah. Now, I'm wondering if they're they're doing that because of Rogue One and stuff like that, if they want to somehow include them in the movie, or in possible future... How much of a jump are they taking? It looks like they're taking a few years. Ezra Ezra looks like he's aged a fair amount. Maybe. Maybe like a year. I mean... Is he aged a fair amount, or is he finally just got a goddamn haircut? Like, <laughs> no, he looks taller. He sounds more mature. True. But, I mean, he's pretty young, and that's a, like, a year for a kid is, like, a lot. Yeah, that's true. Life, it is true. So. Um, but we'll see. It's right. very interesting that between the first and second season, no change. Between the second and third, there's a clear change in the characters. Yeah. You now have a character that's blind. Yeah, Sabine looks different. She looks a lot older as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't know anyone else who looks There's that talking... And then there's that long shot, and you're like, oh my god, they're not going to bring this character in. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. And those goosebumps start. And yeah. he starts talking about how to know an enemy. You have to know their culture, their art, understand yeah. them. And it's Thrawn. Yeah. I, while you're talking, I'm getting the goosebumps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's just like one of the best Star Wars villains yeah. is coming to Rebels. Rebels. And also is now will now be canon. To yeah, be official canon. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know a lot, a lot of people hate on, like, the Star Wars Legends stuff being, like, written out and everything like that. But now you... As much great Star Wars stuff is, there's some stuff in there that is a little... Yeah, for sure. Is it great? And, like, yeah. so many writers, so many stuff. You get stuff that kind of contradicts each other. But um, you, that, just because that stuff is written and now is Legends doesn't mean that you can't take it mm-hmm. and use what you want from yeah. it for... Um, 
for for like actual new, canon. Yeah, the new like canon. taking the the Jason and Jenna storyline and changing it a little bit and stuff. Like, oh, you don't know yet, but clearly, like the Han Solo, Princess Leia's son turning to the dark side. That's the same as that. It's the same Jason as Jason Solo's Solo yeah. story, right? And if um, God, I can't. Ray is like his sister related, or related yeah. in some way. You have the, some similar storyline without yeah. following it exactly. You can change certain things if they want to. They can kill Thrawn, yeah, which they shouldn't do. But um, like Finn, you know, maybe it was a tryst between Leia and Lando. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's a good thing Han Solo died. He'd be real pissed. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I haven't watched it yet. Um, if you're watching Rebels but haven't seen The Force Awakens, you got your priorities mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It looks awesome. I'm really interested to see how much Thrawn is in it because in season two of Rebels, they did a lot of like, not bad episodes, great episodes, but not like storyline driven episodes, more mm-hmm. character development episodes, which the show needed. Yeah. But it wasn't until, like, the last three or four episodes that they really pushed the main storyline. Well, I've also found with Rebels, a lot of the, like, heavier stuff, darker stuff, like, um, more, like, storyline stuff is back-ended towards the end of a season. Or yeah, well, it is also a Disney show. You can't forget. Like, don't forget that. I know yeah. Star Wars is Disney in general, but that's on, like, that airs on Disney XD. Yeah. Right, that airs on a children's channel. Well, and they gotta learn. We're grown men talking about yeah. it. <laughs> well, they gotta learn sometime, damn it. Yeah. Well, no, but they do a good mix of like, not childish episodes, but like yeah. family-friendly episodes. And then, man, that one episode where they go to um, what's his name's homeworld, and they go through like that the, all the dying stars cluster. And oh, uh, Zeb's homeworld. Yeah. I don't know if I told you this, but Zeb. I've decided it's my favorite character. That's awesome because Chopper's up there for one of mine. Yeah, I know Chopper's here. <laughs> I rewatched while I was sick. I rewatched like the last five episodes of season two, give or take. Yeah, yeah. And the one with Zeb and uh, that Callus. episode. That episode might be oh the the, uh, the Zeb and Callus episode where they get stuck. Yeah, yeah. the complete ripoff of Enemy Mine. But that's such a sci-fi trope. Trope. It's it's like that situation where it's two bad guys, uh, not two bad guys, two guys from different sides of a war. Mm-hmm. Um, different races of a war are stuck in a situation where they're both like, if we don't work together, we're going to die. Yeah, um, it's been done like, oh, of course, over and over in sci-fi. But they did it really well. And that was Star Wars character. Yeah, and Callus is like one of my favorite characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also that one where Zeb leads them through like the nebula or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I think with the addition of Thrawn, Callus is finally going to turn good. Probably, yeah. Maybe not full good, but I it's. It's a good way not to kill the character, but not to make him a bad guy anymore, to move past him mm-hmm. as, like, one of the main bad guys. Right. Is that, like, he turns on the on the Imperials, and then... How much damage has he done to the Rebels? In turn? Like, is, he hasn't, like, killed a No, he's character. a constant thorn in their side. But he hasn't, like, killed a character off or no, something. No, but, I mean, so, yeah, he could so... have massacred Zeb's, like, race. Like, he was yeah, one of the generals true. in that... In that uh, battle. But he also said he didn't know it was going to be a massacre. So it implies that he... Well, and that's the transition of his character that they're working on, I feel. Well, I mean, like, generally for films and TV, if a character, like, kills someone, Mm -hmm. like a main character, a protagonist, and they have a redemption, they're going to die. They're going to die, yeah. Well, Callus might still die anyways, but... Yeah, Callus might, like, kill someone and then save him. But I think his story arc is more towards, like, he's going to turn. 
To the rebels. To the rebels, and then you might not just not see him anymore. He just becomes a rebel, and then he's an odd character here and there. That you yeah, because he's already like starting to question things now, so yeah. that I can't see him like, oh yeah, just like shoot Zeb in the head. Yeah. And no, that was another episode that gave me goosebumps. Was that Callus and yeah and Zeb episode, especially the ending when he go when he gets rescued by the Imperials at the end. Yeah, and he's like back in his like quarters, kind of. Yeah, really good. Um, yeah, pump for season three. Yeah, there's also been. Rogue the one. new Rogue One trailer oh. came out, so that's the they had that's the second trailer, but then they also had like a little vignette kind of. Like I a, didn't watch the story behind the scenes. It was alright. It wasn't. You got to see a little bit more, not too, yeah. too much, but um, the new trailer. I'm not as hot on it as I was the first one. I didn't okay. feel like it didn't give a it didn't give as much more. I that. To me, that's perfect. Yeah. I don't want to know the movie before, and that's what trailers do. They show you all the best scenes, and it's like, well, I've watched four trailers for this as they were hyping the movie, and I've seen basically, I can put together the storyline for the movie through yeah. these trailers. Uh, Rogue One isn't doing that. It's still keeping it up in the air. They're breaking the mold here from what I've heard, and that's they're good. really opening up the idea of it's not just the Star Wars that you're used to. This is a universe that we're going to build on. We're going to do different stories nice. in. We're going to be able to do an Edge of the Empire type story. That's yeah. It just takes place in the Star Wars universe. That opens up to a TV show, live action TV show and stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that there's a good chance it's not going to be an opening crawl. Oh, that would be cool. The opening crawl is only going to be left for the big yeah. trilogy movies because that's like, this is the main Star Wars that you're used yeah. to watching episode this, 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 this. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when we watch The Crawl and we tell you the main story that's coming along. But every other side movie that we do or side TV show that we do, there's no opening crawl. Mm -hmm. Look at all of Clone Wars. starts off with just like a saying. It's like a news brief. Sometimes it's a news yeah. brief, no, but every episode of Clone Wars, yeah, instead of an opening right. crawl, like, ba-boom, and then it, but it just has like a quote or something yeah. like that. It has to kind of do with the moral of the episode. Yeah. Um, it's nice to see that they're breaking the mold. They're really opening up the universe to... To more than just the trilogies that yeah. we're used to, it looks artistically, cinem like uh, cinematographically, it looks completely different than like a lot of the, even from Force Awakens. It mm. looks a lot more artsy than that. Yeah. The the shots, the the scenery shots, they're really opening you up to like, wow, this is like a beautiful like. Yeah. Oh, that's that's not just like a circular Death Star model in the sky. No, that's a beautiful constructed like city slash weapon that's being built and you see like all mm -hmm. these like the construction of like the panel being put in and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, the super laser. Yeah, yeah, there's that like city that's on top of the the, the plateau, the cliff mm -hmm. plateau at some point and yeah. stuff. It uh just cinematographically, uh like Star Wars in general is just getting so much better. Yeah. The other thing I liked about it too is well, I liked the droid who says he's gonna like kill or I won't kill you because he says you're a friend. That, that was pretty cool. And also, um, I think it's Force Whittaker's character. Yeah. Is from Rebels. It's from Rebels, yeah. Yeah, which is, uh, not Rebels, sorry, uh, Clone Wars. Also, Donnie Yen is in it. And people might not know him because he's, he's kind of like a Jet Li or a Jackie Chan that never came fully to American cinema. He's had a few movies. Okay. But he's done a lot of Asian martial arts movies. And he's older now, too. Like, Donnie Yen's probably in his, like, 50s at this point. Right. But this, like, he is a phenomenal martial artist. Like, Flashpoint, if you haven't seen Flashpoint, I think it's on Netflix. Check out Flashpoint. Okay. Man. It is a legit martial arts movie, man. Like, modern martial arts, too. 
Ganyan's up there with like his fight scenes are gonna be awesome. Nice. And he's again, and he's like he's Asian, so he can play that like cool. He's I think he's blind in this. He looks blind. And yeah. in the new trailer, he mentioned something about the force. Yeah. So I think he might be force sensitive, or kind of like um, what's her name in uh. Force Awakens, where the, the little orange oh, woman, Maz or whatever, where she like is very aware of the Force and knows its traditions. Yeah, but, that, but the fact that he's blind and he's able to like kick everyone's ass—that's true. Yeah, makes you very susceptible, like suspecting that he's Force sensitive. Yeah, um, but he also doesn't pull a lightsaber, which is exactly cool. which is cool, right? Yeah, that, that we know of. True, but I think it'd be interesting to have a Force sensitive character who doesn't have a lightsaber. Yeah. But, like, I can't think of a time when that's really When happened. you've noticed, I mean, suspected maybe Han Solo and stuff like that, though. With, like, how well he is at flying. Like, I feel like a lot of the characters in Star Wars kind of, yeah. Okay, but not, like, confirmed. Not confirmed, yeah. 100%, but this could be confirmed. Also, don't forget, Season 1 of Rebels. Um, well, not Season 1 of Rebels. I guess it was the pilot episode of Rebels. You don't know Kanan's a... You're suspecting he's a Jedi. You're pretty sure he's a Jedi. Until he's like, well, it's time to bust this secret yeah. open. And he pulls out his lightsaber, right? Yeah. Um, it, I'd be open to them doing that. The character's not coming back, probably. Like, we're not going to yeah. see anything else after this. It'd be kind of cool to be like, whoa, a Jedi did survive Order. Because you have to assume that people watch this haven't watched Rebels. Yeah. So it'd be kind of cool to be people to be like, oh, what, there's a Jedi in there too? Mm -hmm. And then, whatever, if all the characters die in the end or whatever, which is like... Possible. Very, very possible that they're going to die. They could be on the Death Star when it blows up. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. You could have him fight Vader. Yeah. At some point, that'd be kind of cool because Vader's rumored. Well, you've seen he is in it. Yeah. it. I don't know how much he's going to be in it. I think it's better if they don't put him in it a whole lot. Yeah, just maybe like one or two. I'm pretty sure Grand Moff Tarkin is going to be the main bad guy of that movie. Uh, I don't know. It's like Vader. It's really easy to bring back because it's just a guy in a suit. Or Tarkin to get an actor who's the right age and stuff. Yeah, we've seen photos of Tarkin in it. Not necessarily. That yeah, no, you see full-on close-ups of him. Oh, yeah, that's a different actor, though. Then. He's a different actor, but he looks—he looks like a younger version. Like, well, it shouldn't be a younger version of him. Yeah, it's only like a year later. Is it a year later? Earlier, sorry, or right. around there. Is it a year earlier? I—I I heard this rumor. It might be like take place like right before. Yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry, like it's. You know what I mean? It's like around yeah, yeah, the same yeah. time as New Hope. Also, interesting, so Mon Mothma, it's the same actor who played her in the episode 3 deleted yep. scenes, which I thought was really cool. Oh, the episode 3 deleted scenes. Which right. I don't think she's okay. in episode 3, but she's in the deleted scenes. Right, so they yeah. filmed her, mm -hmm. and they got the same actress. For, Sweet. Which is like awesome. She film. looks exactly like her. Yeah, it's per yeah she's That's perfect. almost up there with Palpatine playing himself again in the prequels. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of Star Wars, though, you... Uh, yeah, so Armada just dropped a new wave of ships, which look awesome. The Interdictor, which is like the Star Destroyer that pulls ships out of hyperspace. What? That's and the cool. uh, Liberty-class uh, Mon Cal ship, so it's like... Um, They're really pushing Mon Cal. And yeah. I guess Mon Cal is very heavy. Like, they have the big like rebel ship ships. Like, ship-wise on like, the rebel side, yeah. Well, they're the ships, they're the ships of the line for the mm -hmm. rebels. It's... It kind of sucks. I don't think we're going to see like a scum and villainy type class. No, because they don't really have that type of. The thing is, is if you look at um, X-wing, the scum and villainy class, they have been supporting it really well. Where there have been, for every wave, there'll be like one Imperial ship, one Rebel ship, and then like two or three scum ships. So that's so that catches yeah, up. Yeah. Whereas I don't know 
if there's enough to do that with Armada. Like, there's but, HUD okay. capital ships, but other than that... So, why don't you bring in, um, was it CIS? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, bring in the that. droids. You know, their capital ships are kind of all the same, that, like, the, the no. circular with, like, the ball in the center. That's only one of them. There's the other ones that are more, like... Think of, like, in Clone Wars, like, the long ships that, like, um, kind of come to, like, a point at the oh, end. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The, the stick sticking up with, like, the command pod on top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, um, both of those ships, according to Wikipedia, are used by the Rebel Alliance. Oh, are they used by yeah. the Rebel? Okay, right on. Um, but if you brought that in to Armada, even if you gave me those two ships and you made it more focused on, like, um... The small fighters. Yeah. Which in the demo game, Ian and I played one game of Armada, one or two games of Armada. And we didn't run fighters. We didn't run fighters, but that's the part of the game that I'm really interested in. But mm-hmm. I'm just not interested in getting into it because I don't really want to play just... Yeah. I don't think there's enough to the game yet to get me into yeah. it. But um, if they brought that in and it was more fighter-based and maybe mm-hmm. you could give boost to your fighters from your main ship, yeah. I, would, I would play that instantly. I've always maybe. been a big droid fan. Yeah, maybe we should play games so you can with the fighters. With the fighters, just to get a feel of it. Yeah. I mean, I only I don't have the expansion for Imperial fighters, mm-hmm. but I, honestly, I could pick it up. It's only twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. So I'd but, probably pick it up. But yeah, yeah. Like I've got the Rebel fighters too, so you can do a build where your capital ships are just supporting your fighters, mm-hmm. and they, that's where your upgrades are. Yeah. So it's definitely possible, and like people, it, it's one tournaments and stuff like the. Uh, one of the world champions, I think, their uh, rebel ship fleet was like two or three capital ships and then six or eight squadrons of A-Wings. Oh, really? I yeah. have a feeling that small fighters just do so... If you know how to pilot them properly and use them in the game, like I said, I haven't used it, but just like thinking about it, I think it would work. Yeah, it, it can. They don't... It's just interesting. You need to counter... Like, it's something... I feel like more. having more ships, yeah, that's what you... You can counter anything that your opponent wants to do. So it's kind of like stopping what they're thinking about doing and yeah. then using your fewer ships yeah. to take advantage of that. Yeah, but I've been really keen to play Armada and haven't since I moved back. So right. and I which, know Alfonso's into it, I think. Is he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I'll I stop. Alfonso's, I yeah. know Jeff plays it, so mm-hmm. i got to talk to those guys. Maybe on Tuesday. Or maybe it was Jeff I was thinking of. But yeah, no, we should. If we can get a little group of Armada people playing together, then... I'll get into playing it regardless. Yeah. I might buy some play mats too. Like just, That'd be cool. Just yeah. to buy a little. Because it's good for X-Wing and Armada. Yeah, so I'm thinking getting the Bespin one and then the Starfield one so you can line them up. Or maybe the Endor one. I haven't decided yet. But if I have two, we could do like a mini tournament or something. Mm-hmm. Or even have like a Armada slash X-Wing game where That'd like one is affecting the other or something like that. Yeah. I would love to, if FFG released, I don't think they will, but... If they release Baffley Gothic with Armada rules and just release unpainted miniatures so you could just paint them yourself. Yeah. So that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Please, FFG, if you're listening, you're our only. Get host. those rights and yeah. do it. <laughs> well, they do GW games, just. Yo, well, I mean, it's really like Gothic. Gothic's coming back anyway. Yeah, so, but so. We'll see. More hit to the wallet. Yeah, All right, we'll, we'll be right back. Alright, so this has been episode 16 of Bronx Out of the Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we're going to start... Uh, it's been... Summer's always tough, I feel. So much happens during summer. Yeah. And like you've started a new job. I've mm-hmm. been pretty busy lately, too. Yeah. Summer has just been like so crazy. All you want to do is like go out and have fun. It's not like 
fall or winter or spring where it's like, well, we got nothing to do this weekend because we can't go out anywhere. Let's, yeah. let's record, right? Yeah. Um, I know I don't hit up the store as much as I normally do during like the mm-hmm. the off seasons and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man, I think we're going to start pumping out more stuff. Hopefully, yeah. Trying I'm going to get on the ball on Facebook too. I'm going to start posting more stuff on there. Yeah. Getting some discussions going. So, unfortunately, there is something we've kind of dropped the ball on. Yeah. <laughs> so, we were doing this uh, Finisher Army hobby challenge and we didn't get the participation we were looking for and also we've been busy with like real life stuff that mm-hmm. wasn't really anticipated so unfortunately we are going to cancel that competition and the event yes we're, we're going to cancel the event if you've been participating in this on itosoldiers.com yeah. right yeah if you've been participating in it and you've been working maybe you haven't even posted photos yet but if you are working on an army and you had goals and stuff like that, go on Facebook, um, even post on ITO Soldiers if you're on there. And if you're not on there, sign up. Or send us a message over email, yeah. anything like that. So get in touch with us and we'll get like a little prize together. and send. Yeah, it we're going to make a little prize package for people that are a part of it. Send us your photos. We want those photos. It's great for Facebook and everything like that. Plus, yeah. we love seeing your stuff. Yeah. Don't just look at all our stuff all day. Yeah. Your stuff is amazing too. Um, yeah. better than mine for sure <laughs> um, but yeah send us those photos put them on Facebook let us know we're going to get a little prize pack together for people don't really want to say what it is yet I want it to be a surprise yeah like nothing too crazy but you know a little thanks for participating sorry yeah. we dropped the ball so um, there is something that I still want to do in the coming months we might start in like October or something like that which is like um, a thousand points in a month it's is it in a month? Is that what we agreed on? Well, that's what we agreed Son on. Of a bitch. And it, the challenge is, I don't, I'm not setting a date yet, but this is going to happen before the end of the year, probably like October, November time. It's going to be a thousand points from an army that you don't have. Yeah, so it, it started with like, this was going to be a segment or a short-term project of... Well, we are going to turn into that as well, talking about our, yeah, our so hobby updates like, and stuff like that. Yeah, where we... Set a month, we each make a thousand point list of new armies and build and paint and play. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be doing it and we're encouraging you guys to do it as well. Yeah. So if there's an army that you've always been like, oh, I'd really love to try that out. Yeah. You just make a thousand point list. Yeah. And when you think about it, a thousand points isn't that much. A lot of the start collecting boxes are 500 points in there itself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not... It's not a huge amount of investment for this hobby. It's still yeah. a significant amount of money. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, but still, and the goal is to start and finish the army within a month. Yeah. And that is like cutting open the first box. You can spend your time purchasing the stuff, but don't start building or painting any of it until that first day. Yeah. So And within a month, you're supposed to build all of it and paint all of it. So yeah, if you want to uh, like follow along with us and participate in this, use this as inspiration to start that army that you've never gone around with yeah, starting. I'm doing knights, two models. Okay. <laughs> I'm, my, joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Here's my renegade box. Yeah, exactly. I'm good. <laughs> um, but hey, that's there's no reason why you can't do that. Yeah. Do you right? know what you're doing yet? Okay, so I was going to do Inquisition. That was going to be mine. Yeah. But with this campaign, we're starting a little bit earlier. I've already built, bought and built my Execution Force as part yeah. of that. Bought, I've built my Inquisitor, scratch built them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit different. Um, now, uh, as we're going to talk later, I'm going to be starting up a new army that I haven't decided yet, and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to save that for... That makes sense. For, like, the 
thousand point yeah. army. Um, I'm also this is gonna be kind of like a personal project. Space Marines are cool, but I think the rest of like the Imperium is so cool. Oh yeah, you were talking. So about I want to start having like, a thousand points of like all the other parts of the Imperium, so, like mm-hmm. a thousand points of Mechanicus or something like that, mm-hmm. a thousand points of Inquisition uh, that I will finish, um, a thousand points of Imperial Guard, a thousand points of Sisters. Sisters when they. Rumor is in September they're going to be redone. Yeah, they always there's a lot of rumors. It, the rumors are like even bigger now. They've been taken off the shelves with like things being like we're at a photo shoot. We'll be uh, back soon. So interesting. And like I've heard from like other people too that there's a very good chance that sisters are. That'd be redone. cool. That'd um, be well. I don't know about yeah. redone so much as like they're being get some goddamn plastic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if they cool. don't, there's third-party options. Yeah, pretty good. Just so. so I can start fielding more stuff. I love that new. Uh, was it the Black Star? The new Death Watch. Yep, Death Mask. Oh, the Death Mask. All the the but the ship. The, the ship that comes in it. Apparently, it's like 130 or 140 bucks. But it is. I was looking at the rules for it yesterday, and it is dirty. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Also, that could be a good stand-in for an Inquisition Valkyrie. Oh, for a stand-in, yeah. Yeah, just um, do some weapon swaps. and Yeah. There you go. Um, but we'll talk about it in the next episode because the FAQ kind of stops that. Um, yeah. But yeah, we're, we're going to have that thing going on, so hopefully people will join in on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like a nice little follow-along with us and join in. Yeah, exactly. I don't, know if, I don't think, you know if we're doing prizes or anything like that for or events, but... No, 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 but it's something that other people can join in on. Yeah, it's a way to participate, yeah. Show your photos to everyone else, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash maelstrom. We're also on itoysoldiers.com as a... Uh, wrong side of the maelstrom that's just our thing you can message us there and sign up for itoy soldiers as well because we are going to be running i'm probably early next year or next summer we're going to be running a southern ontario campaign where you can put your results in yeah we'd like to run bigger events so. yeah we want to run something that kind of connects all of southern ontario together in a campaign because global campaigns and that type of stuff are really awesome. I've, I've heard on other podcasts that seems to be a common thread, so yeah. I don't know if it's if we'll do it on our own necessarily or hook up with someone else yep. to kind of tri- contribute or, mm-hmm. like, run part of it or something. So, Because you don't want to, like, flood the market. No. Right? But, mm-hmm. like, we're definitely... Definitely want to, like, up the ante this coming September. Well, we've always said if there's something that you want and no one's doing it, yeah. do it yourself. So we want large campaigns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And... I mean, we just had the Age of Sigmar campaign, so cross your fingers, it's looking good like we're going to see a 40k campaign, yeah. which we'll talk about in the next episode as well. But, um, you know, if they're not doing it, then mm-hmm. we'll throw something together. Yeah, so um, email maelstrom at gmail.com. And finally, our next episode, we can confirm, because we've already started the show notes for it. Yep. Is uh, pay where you play, mm-hmm. and talk about pay where you play. Our home store is Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. Yeah. Also, if you're in Windsor, check out Brimstone Games. I unfortunately didn't make it up for Tyler's tournament for various reasons. Yeah. But I really want to check out their new store. Mm-hmm. Go there. And uh, there's some other awesome places in Toronto. You can check out Dueling Grounds, uh, Hogtown 40K on Facebook. They're an awesome group. Those guys they like to run really fluffy lists. So if you're into that, not so much uh, competitive. They run some competitive stuff too. I think they had an ITC tournament in the last few months. That's right. Yeah. But um, 
those guys are awesome. They've been on mini wargaming before. Just a fun group of guys. They mm-hmm. love 40k, man. And the best part of 40k is playing with other people that love it. Yeah, Meeple Mart's also like a great store. Yeah, they're the. Um, they put up more tables. We were there the other weekend for an ITC tournament. Well, we weren't. We weren't there. We showed up to to meet people and stuff. To we steal. visited. Um, I think they have six tables up again. They there were six tables at the tournament. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, back together, awesome group of guys. Um, yeah, you're like North. I think Sundays is their forty um, k day. It's so strange. I keep telling um, Val or Simon uh, that I'm going to be showing up for these games <laughs> and for these like group days. But yeah. the problem is, is like. I always go to Young and Lawrence on Saturdays, and then Sundays I kind of do my weekend errands and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So like I never get time to do 40k on Sunday. I think maybe next weekend I'm just going to commit to I'm not going to Games Workshop on Saturday. I'm going to get my stuff done on Saturday, and then Sunday I'm going to go to. I'm going uh, to the college next weekend. So oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see what's going on. Maybe not. Maybe. But either way, I'm showing up at Meeple Mart soon. Yeah. Because those guys seem pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, guys just always talking 40k. Yeah, check their website. They're having a lot of regular events now. So yep. they're all things are picking up in Toronto, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else from you? I think that's it, man. All right. Oh, I, that's what I was going to mention. If you live north of the city, Legends on Langs off Langstaff is really cool. There's also Langstaff Square GW. Great staff and great stores. Up uh, there. Lords of War in Oakville is also know. a really good one. They run a lot of tournaments and such as well. They run, I think they have a pretty heavy 30k community as well. Nice. Uh, X-Planet. Or is it X-Planet, Planet X? X-Planet in okay. Mississauga. <laughs> yeah. They're a cool store as well. They're, yeah. they're merchandise. They have a lot of different uh, games as well. Like, I know they have some Gotham stuff there. Yeah, that's a right. A lot of um, uh, Team Yankee or uh, Bolt Action stuff they have as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of those like third-party games that you don't see that much of, they run all that stuff well, there. We don't see it because we hang out at GW stores. Yeah. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm a GW crony. What do you want from me? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I'm Ian. And I'm Jason. And we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom.